Advanced After Combat. Uh, this is Advanced After Combat. It's a podcast about uh, wargaming, our experiences playing war games, and other things about wargaming, I guess. Uh, this podcast brought to you by myself, Dave, uh, Jason. Hello. And our mystery host, who this week, or the correction, this month is Pete. Hey. Welcome. How are you? Okay, so so uh, Pete is a member of our guild, and so each each month we have a different person come on to uh, to mystery host the podcast. And so I'm sure Pete has brought his A game, and he's ready ready to be wildly entertaining. <laughs> yeah, well, I had two beers on an empty stomach, so off to a good start. Should be a good one. That is good. I'm on my fourth beer. We haven't even started yet, so I think we're going to be good there. Jason, what are you drinking? I'm on my fourth cocktail. Um, I started off the night with a Negroni, went to a, a Victor, and now I'm drinking the the recipe that that John gave me the the uh, Love Potion. It's it's not great, but it's uh, very boozy. Pete, what are you drinking? I'm having a Nooner. A Nooner. Wow. It's the uh, Sierra Nevada Pilsner. Very nice. nice. Yeah, I got a Newcastle Brown. Uh, old standby. So I, I wanted to just read a, uh, a quick letter to the listeners. Um, this isn't a letter from one of our listeners. It's actually, uh, like any good parents, my, my eight-year-old daughter has a journal, and my wife regularly reads the journal to find out what she's been writing in there about us. <laughs> and so there's an entry here <laughs> that I thought I would share. you got to love the trust. <laughs> yeah, so, so my wife had basically brought it to me, and she said, oh, you got to hear this because it's so funny. So I just wanted to read it out loud. I photocopied it, and so I want to apologize in advance to my adult daughter, whoever listens to this 20 years from now. Turn so, it off now. Sorry I didn't write for so long. My morning is terrible. I was just <laughs> sitting peacefully watching Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Then Daddy just barges in and says, I am going to do a podcast. Daddy does podcasts all the time. They usually take three to ten hours. The worst. <laughs> the worst... She's not wrong. <laughs> the worst part is the podcasting room is right next to the TV room. So that means I can't watch my movie while Daddy does his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spreading suffering throughout the world. I love it. Yeah, you guys appreciate that. That's, uh... Jesus. That's hilarious. I, 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 just, I just like the part where I barge into my own house. <laughs> he just barges in. You see how it starts early, though? Because, like, when you do a gaming session, it's like, oh, when you game, you game for six, eight hours. It's like we played for two hours. Oh, it's, you know, always some multiple of three, four, ten. <laughs> it's always longer than what you actually do. Well, that's it really. It's always my constant thing. We've talked about it before where I'm like, basically, if she's asleep, I don't think that counts as a game. Exactly. Like, if you're not, con it's conscious time, like waking up, <laughs> not sleeping time. Too funny. Okay, so, uh, well, I know Pete from the guild. I also know Pete because uh, Pete is one of my regular ASL partners that we play on Thursday nights. Um, we've had some some good ASL games, good matchups. Pete, uh, what do you think one of the highlights is of one of the ASL games we've played? Oh, it's got to be the uh, ATR shot, the anti-tank rifle shot that you had on my uh, on my half track. 
through the radiator, through the firewall, through the nuts of the driver, and into the ammo <laughs> magazine. Those snake eyes. That was that was money. That and, was uh, money. Uh, is, there, is there a particular low light? Um, I, I really can't think of a low light to be honest, and I'm not just being kind. Um, it's uh. It's just good, good action, man. I mean, that's why we play ASL. It's for the story. I am you know, on the. If you get all of... hung up on dice and bell curves and stuff, ASL doesn't work. But uh, I, I, if you're there I, for story, either way, it's good. I am on the verge of losing our current game based on the results of last night's game in a game I like to call a margarita too far, which is basically <laughs> what I was last night. <laughs> and uh, the. Uh, Basically, Pete's guarding the state bank, and I'm trying to get in there, or like the post office, or something. And uh, I just can't get in there because it's nighttime, and you could, I only have one hex range vision where I can see. So uh, I, if I get in, then he shoots me point blank with like three machine guns. So I'm having some trouble with that one. Then I so, stole back from you because right. you got those MGs from me, and then I killed you and swung them around back in the proper direction, which is to shoot the Soviets. And, and I also want to say when it's not going to be all ASL. So I know some people probably Lucas is already starting to 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 check for the History of Rome podcast episodes he hasn't seen. <laughs> people are already dialing up Dan Carlin. I know yeah. I have another revolution Dan history and, in there somewhere. Yeah. About ASL the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, so David uh, Doctor has a new one. Go listen to that. Yeah, it's not going to be all ASL. Just Pete is Pete is a regular guy who I play ASL with. So we have a Thursday night game pretty steady so so pete uh, you are a mystery host so why don't you tell us a little about but not yourself what's the first war game you ever played first war game i ever played um let me tell you about the first war game i wanted to play okay and that was that was panzer blitz and nice. um <clears throat> it was on the shelf of uh my cousin's room and my cousin it's actually cousin once removed one generation apart so he was kind of like cool uncle and older brother all at the same time. He was only about 15 years older than me. So when he was cool uncle, it was awesome. But when he was older brother, he was an ass, right? <laughs> and this was one of those times I was like, uh, I had to be like eight or nine years old, visiting at the house, in his room. Uh, he just had uh, done his uh, done his service as an enlisted guy in, in the Army. And... I see the box. I mean, you're eight years old and you see that Panzerblitz box sitting there and you're like, <sighs> everything's like with the, It's got like the tiger tank. Mm -hmm. like yeah, and silhouette and, the, and yeah. the orange, you know, the kind of blood orange color. And the I'm barrel, like, the barrel of the gun is like almost sticking out of the box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Striking. And I'm like, what is that? And he said, that is something you're not going to play. Yeah. <laughs> And immediately, immediately, I'm like, all right, it's on. You know, I, it, it's it's forbidden fruit. So he, like, I'm, he, I'm stealing that game. Mm -hmm. Dude, I was, I was about ready to. I was about ready to rip that thing down off the shelf, but I was too short and my fingers were stubby at the time. And so he busted out to risk. And uh, he said, this is more your speed. So now you see the uh, kind of cool uncle coming out, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, let's 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 kind of build you up to this. He's like, okay, sometime, but let's let's play Risk. And then we're playing Risk, and you know you're eight years old. It's like, look at me conquer, look at me go. And then he's like, all right, here we go. And he starts just decimating me. He's, nice. he's just taking me apart. 
country by country, region by region. He's like, ha look, you've overextended yourself in your cutsk. <laughs> again, now he's older brother. So it's the many faces of my cousin, Bob. Um, but I mean, really, he's the guy who got me started in just about everything I'm still doing now. I mean, wargaming, um, he got me started in that, uh, stratomatic baseball. Uh, he's the guy who turned me on to that. So, I mean, all this stuff, it goes back to, uh, my cousin Bob and, uh, playing with him. And Pete, you're like a group of, from a group of like Seattle wargamers or Northwest wargamers. Like we've had, uh, recently in the guild, or, or some have been from the beginning, but I know maybe in the past six months we've had a, uh, like a, a group of, like I guess we've had a, uh, an influx of, of wargamers from that area that have kind of joined up and started listening. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a huge community up here uh, in this region, and you know, even just in the Seattle area, in like a 20 mile radius, and you can extend that out even farther into uh, the eastern part of the state and uh, into Oregon, and you just and British Columbia, you net in a lot of guys um, and good guys. It's a pretty tight crew, and you know, you guys have heard us talking about Game On uh, earlier this month. That's really what it's built on. It's built on that, that crew of people. And when you go into game on, you know, probably, you know, at least have sat down and played a game with at least 60 of these guys at some point at some time. And you're only one introduction away from everybody else. And that's what makes it work up here. It's pretty cool. It's cool. Uh, so Pete, what do you think your favorite war game is of mm-hmm. all time? Favorite. Everybody's saying he's going to say ASL, that fucker. He's going to say ASL. Um, it's a cop-out, but I, I really don't have any. I think I think thematically, though, um, I really like naval stuff. Uh, I suck at it, hmm. but I, I love naval stuff. Like solo games or like face-to-face uh, face to face, whenever I can get to it. Um, you know, I've, I've played a lot of, um, you know, Tokyo Express and I've, uh, gone through the tome that is, uh, carrier and, uh, reaped its rewards through programmed instruction, um, and really enjoyed that stuff. But I, I really, I really love sitting down at a table with seven other guys. Everybody's got a, a small command and we're all pre, pre plotting moves and, First starts flying. I love naval for that. That's it's just the, the pinnacle of the hobby for me because there's just so much uh, trash talking at the table and and people plotting out orders that are in conflict with each other and start crossing other people's beams and shit. And it's it's beautiful when that happens. That's, I, cool. that's what I love about naval games. Bunch of Jason, hacks. Jason, <laughs> Jason, you played naval games, but that was mostly just because they were solitaire type games, or yeah, pretty much naval yeah. games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like them, but I haven't I haven't had that much experience with them. And and so Pete, how long do you have you been gaming full time since you were a kid, or if there was was there a period where you stopped and then started up again? Yeah, like a lot of people, I had my fifteen year stretch of whoring. Uh, you know, you get into you get into that uh, you know after sophomore year and in high school or so your attentions change and your money stops going to wargaming and it starts going into gas in your car and <laughs> 15 packs of strohs, things like that, you know, really fucked up your priorities. Right. Right. Um, when you should have been wargaming and 
So what, 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 what kind of got you lured back into the hobby? Being a dad. Um, yeah, you know, when I, when my daughter was born, um, you know, things slowing down and, uh, you know, having those stretches where you're kind of on watch in the middle of the night, you're up anyway. And I'm like, you know what I need to do? I need to go back down to my folks place. I need to get squad leader back. I need to get uh, submarine back. Love submarine. Uh, Avalon Hill submarine. That was one of my, my first war games. One of my faves got all that stuff back and I would just set it up on the coffee table and start playing that stuff, play for 90 minutes, hear my daughter crying, <laughs> go in there, take care of her, put her back to sleep and then go back and play the game. You know, it's, it's what Lucas is living right now. Uh, and that was really that, that watershed moment for me to get back into the hobby and, uh, from there, uh, found out that there was the uh, group of people who play ASL, and that's how I got plugged into this whole community up here and met a lot of guys like Ralph through that. Wow, so actually having a kid was what got you back into yeah, the hobby. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it was. Wow. Hey, Jason, I had a quick question for you. I, I remember we talked about this before, but and I think you've mentioned it to me, and I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you went to high school with your wife? Yes. And you Both also, of them. Yeah, you went to high school Whoa. with your ex-wife also, yes. right? Yeah. Were you, I, were a you, very small pool here. Were you guys all in the same grade? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you guys were all in the same grade? Yeah. And, no way! And my ex married a guy after me that she dated before me in high school. Did you all go to the same keggers? Uh, no. No, but my my current wife and I would go out to concerts and stuff when my previous I, previous wife and I were dating. So apparently it was meant to be. So what shows did you see? Um, small local bands, Jimmy World, um, a couple like surf punk bands from California, um, like Homegrown and Phoenix TX. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when you were in high school, did, were you kind of interested in your current wife? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is there a reason why that never happened um at the time i thought she was into older guys and i was very small in high school um mm-hmm. i think when we graduated i was probably um around five four um i'm five nine now so between graduating and the end of like basic training and all that crap i grew like six inches or five inches i guess um so yeah, I, I just didn't think she was into me, and she was a good Mormon girl, and I was not a good Mormon boy. I was not a so, Mormon boy at all. Um, so now, after the fact, was she into you? Or yeah, she... yeah, we were both secretly into each other. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it all worked out. So, but and she gets along with your ex. Yeah, we we hang out and do all sorts of fun stuff. She's planning on watching my ex's uh, baby after our baby's born because she's not going back to work next year. So what is the high school reunion going to be like? Uh, I don't do that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I see enough people I went to high school with it as it is. So yeah, I, I, I get that enough. Because you live, you live where you went to high school, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd be that guy, but I live about a mile and a half from my high school. Wow. It's kind of depressing. It is what it is, I guess. Okay. Yeah. It's not like we live in a small town. It's just 
and I got out and saw the world a little bit. And just I, I just remembered there. you said it to me once, and I was just thinking about it the other day, and I was like, I, I'm sure he said that they all went, they were in the same yeah, high school. Yeah, we all went to high school together. Wow. Yeah, they didn't like each other um, for obvious reasons. I mean, Aaron and I, my current wife, we would hang out. And so, of course, my ex didn't like that too much. Okay, so Wait, did you go to any of your reunions? Uh, no, I, I think I've talked about this once before. I, I'd never gone to my reunions, but my wife was captain of her cheerleading squad at her high school. So uh, when she had her 20-year reunion, I insisted that we go to – she was pregnant with my daughter, and I still made her go because I'm like, I'm fucking dating the captain of the cheerleading squad. <laughs> we were going to that fucking reunion. I don't give a shit about my fucking reunion. But I'm like, are you kidding? I'm married to the captain of the cheerleading squad? We are yeah. going I'm going to that. Yeah. <laughs> it was great because she was she was like seven months pregnant, and uh, so she couldn't drink. So she had, she drove me. I just went there. <laughs> <laughs> made an ass of yourself. It's very funny. I love it. What about you, Pete? Nah, I, I haven't. I I, um, <clears throat> I grew up in New Jersey, and you know, three thousand miles is a long way to go. Not worth it. Uh, the people, the yeah, the people who I'm tight with, uh, I still talk to. Um, you know, the rest of it, you know, be kind of like a nice trip. But, you know, the moment, the moment you live 3,000 miles away and you make a trip like that is the moment there's all kinds of, all kinds of commitments that you have. It's like, okay, well, I'm out there and now I need to see you. Yeah. It's not your time anymore. Yep. So, um, just kind of an ass. I'm just, no, it is, it is weird though. Through Facebook, you'll see people, uh, you know, like friends from high school who weren't friends, like, I wouldn't maybe even enemies in mm -hmm. high school now are like all buddies with each other and talking about it. it's very strange. I don't forget that stuff. Yeah, so hey, me, I'm the same way. Like I'm not interested in yeah. like one guy who was a total douche uh, at some point tried to friend me on Facebook. I'm like, no, nope. I don't see anything coming good coming out of our friendship. So nope. can we start playing some some uh, Springsteen? I feel like it's, <laughs> it's very, like also also New Jersey. Very <laughs> apropos. Yeah. Some cuts from Nebraska. Best Springsteen album ever. I like it. All right, so Pete, we got a quiz. Yes. And I just want to tell you, the quiz is optional. You do not have to take the quiz. So I've it's, heard tell that it's optional, but it, it's. It. Are you going to take it? We're here to play. Yeah, we're okay. here to play. So some listeners are probably like, oh, thank God, that's it for garbage time. Now we're going to go into the quiz. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, there's going to be garbage time. We've now decided we're going to interlace garbage time. There's no skipping quiz. ahead. Right. So so we have the quiz. It, it, is, a, it is a, let's see, shit, how many points? It's supposed to be 20 points. So I'll rely on the, uh, the intern, our, our young intern who's prepared this for us. And Pete, have, I, mean, I have to ask you, I'm required by our attorneys to ask you this. Have you in any way collaborated with our intern or done <laughs> anything to get the answers before this? Absolutely not. Although I hear this is now aligned with core curriculum. <laughs> and you'll actually get AP, you'll get AP credit for this mm. quiz. <laughs> Looks good Plus, on your transcript. And Jason, no hints. Okay. All right. So let's get started. In 1954, the French army was defeated by the Viet Minh at the Battle of Dien Bien Phu. Mm -hmm. Jason would totally mm -hmm. know these. Yeah, this is this, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a sweet spot. Name five of the eight 
French defensive positions constructed. Oh, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> Jason probably has dogs named after him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I never All know right. the answers. This is wonderful. All right. Thank and you, that's, Braxton. That's the wonderful thing, too, is that there are probably like 12 listeners right now who are slapping their palms on their thighs. Going, oh, come on. Know this. Um, you would know oh, these shit. names. You would know these names if you uh, knew a lot about the, the I battle. I really don't. I know there's or, a field. If, you, if you'd spent a lot of time in a Paris brothel, mm-hmm. you would probably be able to name some of these. Yep. Yep. <laughs> They're very similar. <laughs> What, one of them's called the Swirly or something? <laughs> um, oh, boy. I know I know. there's an airfield. Um, what was that called? Pete, while well, we encourage thinking out loud because it's often the most entertaining part of the quiz. Yeah, yeah. The, the Shelton Maneuver. You have to state the answers affirmatively as an answer. Yes, yeah. he's he's flipping me off right now as he's yeah. listening. You to can, this. Yeah, you can not have burning as we're recording. Right, the okay. Shelton, Shelton dangling hook answer. Okay, they're, they're they're like the names of French whores or something like that. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna lob lob a few. Okay. Um, five. Five. All right. Well, I think I think I remember one for sure. Claudette. I, I'm not going to give you credit for that, but I will tell you that you're close. Okay. Um, yeah. That's the only one that's, that's really leaping out. There's, there's another shit. I'm going to say airfield. What was the airfield? Um, oh, um, we're Beatrice. There you go. <laughs> Is that is that a, your guess? Yes, that's 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 a that's a definitive because I remember in the, in the light reading that I've done on it, it's like oh, it's just like the stupid TV commercial where Beatrice. And remember, people, some people in North Korea, listeners in North Korea, are actually they have to pay with their own body hair to listen. They need the bandwidth. So, <laughs> so <it's forgetting. laughs> all right, um, the rest the rest are going to be complete guesses. All right. Let's just go um, to me. Because I'm going to say, like, the names of French whores. Okay. All right? Okay. So I'm going to say Fifi. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Two more answers. Um, Marlene. Nope. Uh, and, uh... uh Uh, Monique. Good guess, but no. So close. All right. You you didn't go with the Claw Jensen. Oh, like a Claudine? There's a Gabriel. Anne Marie 1 and 2. Yeah, Shuget. Why didn't I say Anne Marie? Of course. Claudine. Eliane. Dominique, Isabel. All right. 
French whores. All right. So I get one. Yep. One. All right. All right. Can you guys hear barking? That's my fucking neighbor's dog. Annoying. That's not yours. No. That's fuck my loud. loud. My dog. My dog doesn't. My dog doesn't bark. My dog just attacks my wife. <laughs> so we got we got the we got the puppy that we were going to adopt. We got her. Uh, when she came over there, they brought her for a visit, and she was cool. She just sat there, chilled out. We threw the tennis ball. She chased it. She sat with the kids. She was good. Man, we brought this dog home, and she just was like a demon running around the house, climbing up on the chair, snapping at us. Wow. So uh, we got a trainer coming in on Sunday to uh, help us out. To whisper? I mean, I'm, I'm, I can, I can kind of handle the dog pretty well. She's pretty good with me, but uh, my wife has – you know, she's had some traumatic events with dogs in the past. So, yeah. uh, for her, she needs like the dog to be kind of under control. So, so we're just going to get a trainer to come get rid of those dogs. What, I am, dog? I am on a quest to have zero dogs. Well, have this... you ever seen that show on TLC with the, the British lady who's like the, the doggy dom? No. She comes in and just like lays down the business on the dog. <laughs> Does she like beat doggy the dog? Dumb. <laughs> She is, and she wears like these leather pants and stuff. She's all like, like Emma Peel and stuff. Pete, was this was this British TV or was this on the internet? No, this, this is. A, <laughs> I did not some German nine, site nine, that five, I came across. This, this is nine, 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 five a minute for this. What is it like? No. X hamster? Is mm-hmm. that what you saw? This? <laughs> <laughs> nice pool, Dave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, incognito boys. Yep. Stick with incognito. <laughs> <laughs> We said treat it like a crime scene when you're done. Make sure you clean up after yourself. <laughs> That's the black more ways than one. <laughs> okay. okay, next question's about little <laughs> rascals characters, right? <laughs> question two, right. Question two. I'd ace that. The Western Theater of the American Civil War represented the area east of the Mississippi River to the west of the Appalachian Mountains. Name five Confederate generals, major general and above, that commanded troops in the Western Theater. Oh, this is easy. It sounds so formal when you read these questions. It's Trebekian. Um, You're stalling. Yes, I am. (laughs) I really know. I really know jack shit. Um, Johnston? Got to be more specific. Oh. The only reason why I can remember his last name is because it's a last name of an X. Um, yeah, I can't get more specific than that. Um, um, I'm only thinking about about uh, generals from the uh, Mexican War. I'm like, oh, Cloud, Pillow, all those guys. Um, uh, damn, who's out there? Um, I don't know. It's a pass. My Civil War history sucks. If you'd only had an ex named Albert Sidney, <laughs> you would have gotten it correct. <laughs> We got Albert Sidney Johnston, PGT Beauregard, Joseph E. Johnston, Braxton. Oh, two Johnstons, yeah, that's why I got hammered. Our, our intern is Braxton Bragg. John Bell Hood, Hood, 
Daniel Bedford Forrest, Simon Bob Buckner, Edmund Kirby Smith, Patrick Claiborne, one of my favorites. Very nice. A nice job of reading off all the answers like right away because there are people who are like, yep, they need that. Yeah. Two Johnstons. Yeah, see, I knew there was a Johnston out there. Yes, yeah, that's why we had to be specific. Yeah, there. yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, question number three. Julius Caesar invaded Gaul in 58 BC and began a series of military campaigns that lasted until 50 BC. Name five battles in which Caesar's legions fought in Gaul during this time frame. Oh, wow, he really fucked you on this one. Seriously. <laughs> so basically, Caesar conquering Gaul, name five of the battles. Somebody needs, play, somebody needs to play some more war games. Less ASL. Someone needs their somebody. horizons. <laughs> <laughs> somebody needs to bust out SPQR this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would only get one of these. Only well, okay, okay. GMT a game titles, named after. Right? GMT titles, right? Elysium. There you go. That's, that's one. That's the only one I would have gotten. Um, I'm already writing one out of five on this for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember the, the there's like the verse get to the guy. Jensen, Jensen, Jensen. Lucretia, minor Jensen. Yeah, Alicia, I know. Um, Got that one. That one's solid. Yeah. You got that one in your I'm going to say that one twice and like <laughs> yes, really got it. it and hope like Elysia one and Elysia two. <laughs> the second battle of Elysia. <laughs> um, gosh, that's really the only one I know. God, okay, here we go. So, Arar, Atuatuka, Tungorum. Jeez, how could you not know that one? That's so obvious. Avaricum, Axona. Agendicum, Bibracte. This one looks like it looks like it's pronounced Cinnabon, but that can't be. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hungry. delicious. <laughs> the next one is Carvel's ice cream. <laughs> and orange Julius. <laughs> the one what are you, foods in the mall? The one that you might have gotten is Jergovia. I think oh, there is. Of course. That, well, that's another GMT title. Yeah, there is another title like that. Lutetia. Uh, Lutetia. You date you ever date a girl named Lutetia? I no. knew a girl named Lutetia. <laughs> it's pretty close. Different neighborhood. Lutetia lives lives in a completely different neighborhood. Oh, she uh, was, she's a swarthy little minx too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, swarthy little minx. She sure isn't, was. Isn't swarthy kind of like like anti little? Applied it's, to like to like Euro vendors or something? I don't know. Harry? Just <laughs> make her hairy or low and she like, she had a she had a lovely olive complexion. There you go. I like it. Yeah, my, my roommate was a Greek, so he used to always call call himself a swarthy Greek. My roommate in college, <laughs> and he, he called himself that. Greek listeners, so <laughs> get a pass. There were any. Okay. Should I should have just gone to the GMT site and totally fucking cheated on that? Because yeah, so the whole point. Cool. Yeah, that's the idea that you can't do that. So that would be yeah, wrong. Exactly. But yes, yeah, you as, won because of GMT. So thanks, Gene. Shout out to you. Not as wrong as actually taking the quiz with all the answers already in your pocket, but I mean, it's still. <laughs> and still getting answers incorrect. <laughs> That's right. 
So uh, the next one is Nung Sir Bouvron. Oh, okay. Jesus. How did you not get that one? There's two hyphens, for fuck's sake. I mean, that's ridiculous. Oct- Octodurus. That sounds like a James Bond movie. Octodurus. That, no. Sabus. And Uxello Dunum. Wow. So, in alphabetical order, no less. So there we go. Does Braxton yeah. know who the guest is going to be when he makes these? No, Braxton does not know okay. who the guest is. Because he is brutal this month. Mm. These are tough. That wasn't even bonus. Yeah. That was harsh. Yeah, I'll take it on the chin there. Wow. Well, thank God you knew that one GMT title, because otherwise you'd be looking at a one for 15 at this point. <laughs> Okay, so the bonus question. Napoleon Bonaparte took command of the Army of Italy in March 1796 and immediately started a campaign against Austria and her allies. Name five battles from Napoleon's first Italian campaign. Hmm. So when do we get to the ASL portion of this quiz? (laughs) There are no World War II questions at all. Because I swear to God, I was I was mowing the lawn when it was the Ralph episode, and it was like you know name name the tanks or the armored fighting vehicles named after animals. I know. <laughs> and now it's turnabout is fair play because you know Ralph, you know with like ancients and shit. You don't know how many guys tell me that like they'll be like, yeah, I, I listen to your podcast while I'm out walking my dog in the winter. Like guys, I guess on the East Coast where there's, there's tons of snow. Every, a lot of people seem to Canadians too. They seem to uh, a lot of listening to the podcast while they're walking their dogs. Hmm. Very lucky dogs, but they're screaming really? at their dogs. They're like, <laughs> he doesn't up. know oh, it. It's it's a firefly. It's a firefly. <laughs> <laughs> Vesp, Vesp, it means wasp. <laughs> okay, so five battles from Napoleon's first Italian campaign. And I initially thought I would know this, but man, I don't because I'm on the wrong campaign. Hmm. There's a really good, um, like, castles. You know those castles books? History books, they're like little pocket things that you get at uh, Barnes & Noble when Barnes & Noble used to still exist. It's a great section entirely dedicated to this, which I completely forgot. Um, <laughs> I remember like mountain passes and shit, and KG KG moves and shit around that mountain passes. Fuck. Right, um, yeah, but a lot of that is after this. The first campaign, you probably don't know. Oh, it's, that's after this. Okay, yeah, so it's that's... double not applicable. Is what yeah. <laughs> I'm just encouraging, twice hosed. I'm encouraging um, you to surrender if you don't have any good answers. Yeah. Wow. Um, to Braxton because. Man. Italian campaign. Can I hear the question again, really for the listener's benefit as opposed to mine, although this is a move of enlightened self-interest. Napoleon Bonaparte took command of the Army of Italy in March 1796 and immediately started a campaign against Austria and her allies. Name five battles from Napoleon's first Italian campaign. I'm already writing zero out of five. Yeah, you really should be. That's a tough one. Yeah, Braxton really brought it on this one. It's like names. Parma. I don't know. Nope. Um, 
uh, Battle of the Appian Way Pizza. Um, <laughs> um, manja, manja. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Sardinia. Nope. Uh, God. It, it's sad, Pete, that you're having trouble even guessing Italian words. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, cannoli? <laughs> yeah. Well, rigatoni? Mafioso. <laughs> Soprano. <laughs> okay. So, I um, think, are we done here? I don't know. Piedmont? Nope. Uh, may I call, I'm done. Okay. So, wow, it's brutal. The, the answers are Arcole, Bassano, Seva, Second Dago. Uh, Dago? Not Dago, sure. there you go. It's the uh, name of the thing. Okay, before anybody can play, <laughs> yeah. that's the name of an actual thing. Melissimo, Mandovi, Montanot, Rivoli, which I, Rivoli maybe, the, the Siege of Mantua, Tarvis, and Voltri. I would not have known any of those. Wow. Ernest and Julio Gallo, Gallo in there somewhere? Oh, yeah, Gallo would have been a great <laughs> guest. <laughs> great guest. Wow, I, and I went to high school with those guys. Um, <laughs> so, so you're well within your rights to physically attack Braxton. Seriously. <laughs> He's going to be a Wilson world, right? Yeah, I think you're well within your rights this to attack. This one feels personal. There will be some redemption. That was I, not a World War II section or World War One. It's like any any sweet spot that I have. It's like World War Two, World War One, naval, any anything naval. Oh sure. All right. Bonus question. Is there a bonus question? That was the bonus question. Oh Those god. Four, four sets of five. But, god, what did I get? Two. But, but Two. Pete, thanks for thanks for keeping your head in the game. We really appreciate that. <laughs> you got a two out of like 20. I said, I came to play. I two came to play, Alex. Two out of two out of twenty. Yeah. Wow. Good. That's one for you know, ages. Any, any, you're right. So it's a 10%. So Okay. To future guest hosts, don't break your ankle when you cross the bar that I just set. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't I trip mean, Yeah. Can, you know, if there was going to be a bell curve, you know, of school. <laughs> just, just broke it. Yeah. You, you would. You would probably be incinerated. They would just do there be a trap door that would just drop you down. <laughs> incinerator at this point. I will take but, this like my red badge and courage for guest yeah, You did it with panache though. Yeah, so very nice. <laughs> very nicely done. Also not a battle from the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Although it sounds like it could be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I had the pleasure during Consum World of dealing with like a problem war gamer. Uh, a guy who was at my table who was a real pain in the he ass. He was a pain in the ass. Oh, the sweaty fist holding your counters guy. And guy who wanted to argue over every rule, and even if you showed him the rule, would then, I mean, basically, uh, Rick, who's probably one of the most tolerant guys and teaches a lot of new guys how to play games, uh, had had it with the guy, and he almost blew the whole game up. And, and basically, and the biggest problem I had was that at Consum World, you know, guys are kind of paying to be part of this game. That's the whole reason they come. They travel there, you know. So it's it's not easy to really kick a guy out of that that type of game when the guy is his whole sole purpose of being there is for your particular game. Have you guys, and Jason? I don't even know if this would apply to you because I don't know how many times you've actually had this problem happen. Because I don't leave my house. Right, because you don't. <laughs> Jason's like, sometimes I get so angry at myself. <laughs> that guy's a jerk. 
But the I'm idea is you're playing hidden intruder. This guy will not move the engineer into the corridor the way I want him to. Exactly. What, what is the worst? Have you guys ever had an experience with a guy that you're like, that's it. Uh, I can't play with this guy anymore. How am I going to get rid of this guy? Pete, have you ever had that? Gosh, I've only had a grazing moment with that where um, <clears throat> last year we were playing uh, the Axis and Allies World War One game at Game On. And I was playing with two very good buddies of mine, Randy and Niels, and they are non-war gamers, although they are strategy gamers and we play a lot of lighter stuff. You know, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of grooming them, basically. They're, they're, they're my little project. I'm going to get them to Hexes eventually, right? Um, and we're playing that, and there was one guy who clearly, um, never met him before, who clearly had this thing down to mathematics, played it umpteen mm-hmm. times, knew the strategies, knew what to do, what not to do. It's kind of like if you took a Puerto Rico Euro player yeah. and put him the situation yeah i hate that guy yeah it's like no you don't do that no yep. you don't do that oh so he wants to tell everybody else how to play correct and if you make correct. a wrong move it ruins the game for everybody else and... correct yeah. and and i was sitting there and i was on his team and my buddy randy and Niels are on, on the other side and they were playing uh they're playing the allied powers the entente for a little trick moment again um and and they were doing a buy and I said, well, hang on, you probably want to, you know, get a little extra artillery in there to back up your infantry. And the guy's like, so what's the famous saying? Never interrupt an enemy when he's making a mistake. Oh, my gosh. And I said, well, unless they're your fucking friend. Right. Unless <laughs> we're right. playing right? It's like, fucking and game. I said, dude, we're here to play the game. This is the first time they're playing it. This guy just spent $90, you know, to buy this game. You know, we're, we're here just to play and, and kind of knock it around. It's like if you're not down with that, then you can get up and go. Yeah, that was that was really about it. That was really the only the only time I've ever had a moment where uh, it felt like the game was in jeopardy of breaking off. So I mean, but you didn't have to deal with that. You, you just tolerate the guy, and that was it. Um, I I told him exactly what I told him, and he shut the fuck up for the rest of the game. Nice. Yeah, our guy would just not take brutal hints. I mean, we were basically like breaking boards over his head, you know, and he would not <laughs> get the idea. He was just not understanding that we didn't want him there anymore, that we just – though he did kind of get sick towards the end, and then we didn't have to deal with him anymore. So maybe he did get it. I don't know. It was like a passive-aggressive way. I mean, our method of dealing with him would definitely be described as aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> but, yeah. but he, he kind of like had some – didn't feel well, and that was it for him. So, yeah, we have a guy at the the local game group that the last time I went, we <clears throat> we played Fire in the Lake, and for all four and a half five hours we played, it was just like random outbursts and racist comments throughout. Oh, you, you told you told us about this guy. What? Yeah, yeah, really? like the whole. I mean, it's it's gook this and gook that because he's playing the U.S. and like just yeah. out out of control and i didn't really say anything and rick was there too and i guess he he kind of had some experiences with the guy and he's i i've seen him before at consum world and i i didn't say anything it's just kind of like one of those avoid eye contact kind of moments 
Is uh-huh. someone being summoned by an alien overlord right now? Do we need to I pause so. so they can speak to their alien overlord? I'm hearing noises. Yeah, to turn off the phone. <laughs> okay. Why uh, do we even have a landline anymore? Yeah. I don't. I got. I got rid of mine. I got rid of mine because all the solar companies they kept calling me all the time for all the solar panels. <laughs> so I finally just got rid of my landline. That's the way to do it. They would be like, "What, sir? What's your current energy bill?" I'd be like, ten dollars." Exactly. They're like. We we can beat that. <laughs> I'm like a ten dollar energy bill. They're like, yes, we can. We're gonna let's we'll come in and we'll come. Just like you fucking asshole. Like just let us connect you with our sales department. Yeah, twenty thousand dollars later. Yeah, and then they would come to your door, and they're always like, hey, so they like seriously in California, they come to your door at least uh, once a week trying to sell you solar panels. I'm always like, I like nuclear power. I want more nuclear reactors. <laughs> yeah. It's a big problem, I think, with the, all the solar panels is they're not going to last. You might you might have like a 20-year payment plan on solar panels, but the degradation of those panels, see how many of those panels work five to six years from now. So whatever that's it that's so jason is the word out on this guy like in in this gaming club is he just kind of problem or? um well there's there's a couple people in the club that i that i don't really enjoy their company which is part of the reason why i don't go one of whom is the the organizer Ouch. Um, yeah i just uh, and part of it's i don't really generally like people so uh, maybe it's not <clears throat> quite their fault but uh, yeah i think he's one of the people or one one of the people there that that people try to stay away from in general and he's at consum world and i see him it's like yeah i don't i i don't want anything to do with you so i didn't say anything to him then but i will actively avoid him in the future because uh yeah douchebag so you just won't play with them right exactly yeah solution yeah which is easy because i just don't show up life's too fucking short exactly Okay, so Pete, you want to talk about Game On? Yeah, sure. Um, what would you like to know? I mean, I could start anywhere. Well, um, fourth year. How how glorious was uh, was Kev Sharp? <laughs> Let me tell you how Kev Kev Sharp looked uh, Saturday morning around nine a.m. He he looked just about as good as I did. We, <laughs> <laughs> um. We had all spent, um, <clears throat> you know, Thursday, all day Thursday, all day Friday, you know, staying up till about 2 a.m. both days and just drinking hard uh, the whole time. And <laughs> he walked in and he's got a coffee mug and we just looked at each other, shook each other, you know, shook our heads and just went, we ain't talking 28 anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> too much. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to our respective tables and gamed and, and, and continued to drink. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it, it really is a it really is a good groove there. And, uh, you know, shit. Like I said, it's it's just so representative of, of what we have up here in this region, where uh, you again, you're you're just one introduction away from knowing everybody else. And now, uh, now, super. How many yeah. people attend? How many people attend the convention? Yeah, this year, this year attendance record for us, uh, 150, and that may not sound like a whole lot, but we do it at this little Holiday Inn uh, in a suburb of Seattle, and we go there every year, 
because they know us, they love us, um, they treat us really well, and the bar in particular loves us. So I go up to the bartender who's been there every year. This is our fourth year of doing it. Uh, we've been growing about you know 30, 30 attendees each year uh, since we started. And I said, all right, so land on the line here. How good are we at drinking? It's <laughs> a great question. Says, yeah, I just laid it on the line for him. And he says, you know what? You beat every summertime wedding party that comes in here. Nice. Wow. Hands down. Hands down. And the sad thing is, is that they close down the bar on Thursday night. They close down at 10. Friday and Saturday night, they close down at 11. And that's just when we're getting into full swing. Sure. I mean, they could just, you know, lock it down for the rest of the year. February, we're good. You know, just that first weekend in February, the game on guys come in here. and We don't need to open the bar anymore. Um, they, they could keep that thing open. Uh, till 1 a.m. and make a lot of money and a lot of money in tips, but for some reason they choose not to. Now, um, can you guys bring your own stuff in? Yeah. Okay. And we please. do. And we the 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 unspoken rule is this: um, always order something from the bar when the bar is open. Um, they bring food to the table too, so you're sitting there with a beer, whatever your drink is. Uh, and you got, you know, some fish and chips or some, you know, Buffalo burger sliders or something rocking while you're playing a game, uh, always order something from the bar. And then, um, you know, if you've got some hard liquor or something like that, just keep it kind of, keep it kind of cool. And then after they close the bar, fuck all bets are off. Nice. It just, it gets broken out. So Pete, there's uh, a Costco right by, let's just put it that I saw you and you guys in your little uniform fishing vest. <laughs> that was a nice touch. They're smart looking, are they not? And you can put all your stuff. Very smart. What games did you play at the convention? Did you did you stay over? Yeah, yeah, I stayed. I stayed the whole time. So, what games uh, did you play? Let's see. Uh, I played uh, Panzer twice, uh, which is a great game. Matter of fact, I saw. Uh, scenario from the duck that he just posted uh, tonight. That was one of the scenarios we played. A um, couple scenarios of that, each time multiplayer, because I think that's where the game really shines. Uh, got pasted by Ralph in uh, in uh, Seventh Fleet. And uh, played a lot of drunken Formula D at night. Uh, I have never played that game sober. Uh, and <laughs> continue that streak. <laughs> Took second each time. Uh, and then there was some Euro-y thing that I played with the organizer, which was a lot of fun. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and, um, took part in the, uh, Hunters tournament that, uh, that they do. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, which is a little weird, you know, to be sitting there, uh, playing a, a solo game, but they do a tonnage tournament, which is actually a lot of fun. There'll be other people at the table and you'll be saying, well, look, I sent the Ark Royal. Ah. You know, uh, fun stuff there. It's a good way to work off your, your hangover on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Not that I would know. Um, uh, so yeah, that was, that was a sampling of, uh, some of the stuff I did there. I did, uh, also did, uh, DBA, the, uh, the miniature system. Oh yeah. Uh, that's right. For the first time. Uh, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. DBA is good. Yeah. That's I, I played some, they, uh, Vikings. Yeah. They've got, uh, 12 elements for every army, right? Isn't that the mm -hmm. idea? Each army has mm -hmm. twelve elements. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, 
yeah, that was that was actually a lot of fun, and um, it's it's just such a slippery slope. And I know you you have uh, crested said slope, Dave, and returned to the uh, the bosom of wargaming, cardboard wargaming. But man, you know the painting and everything is just that's that's a barrier for me. Yeah, I, um, but I, it's I a lot of fun. I won't ever show you my uh, my thousand strong. Uh, six millimeter micro armor Yom Kippur collection of the Egyptians and Israelis or, uh, or my, my Kursk, my Prokhorovka battle of Prokhorovka and 10 millimeter, all my Soviets and Germans. It's like that stuff has been put away. I will not be tempted. It's just <laughs> stored, safely stored. <laughs> Hang on a moment. My eyes are rolling back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm back with you now. Yeah. That's, that stuff sounds awesome. Uh, it's just, it's just too much. Too much. Uh, so, Kev Sharp went out there. He did Third World War. Wasn't that his big one that he was going to run, the old GDW game? And and he got a buddy of his um, from uh, the UK to come out to little old Issaquah, Washington to play. Hmm. Like, almost on a lark, the guy said, shit, I've got a bunch of... Um, air miles that are, are going to go bad on me if I don't use them. He just cashed in his miles and hopped on a plane and showed up all looking all chipper. And uh, they just played the Pip. whole dang time. Yeah. <laughs> so was that, was, the game? Okay. Is that what they did? They did third world war the whole time, the whole time. That's, yeah, cool. that's a great, that's a great it was game. Really impressive. Yeah. And they were completely dedicated and, you know, same thing. They were, up till wee hours in the morning, and they'd be in there uh, early in the morning after that, um, and just kept at it. They they played that thing through. They they conquered the monster. It was really impressive. Yeah, they had Kev, a great time. Kev's been running our uh, our Waterloo play by email game. Oh yeah, how's that going? Oh uh, dude, I'm like uh, I'm a corps commander in the French army. I won't say who I am because I don't want to give up anything. But it's like, oh, you guys of, don't know who the other people are. No, you, you you know who the other players are, but I don't want to give up from my perspective any information about maybe like what the situation is oh, okay. for us okay. because it is secret. Uh, I just know there's a lot of fighting going on around me. I'm unaware of said fighting. I have not, <laughs> I basically you see <laughs> when I get orders, I'm like, okay, that's great. I need orders. Like, <laughs> I need someone to tell me what to do at this point. <laughs> so, do you all use handles like? I'm Mr. Black. I'm Mr. Pink. You know, just like yep. Reservoir Dogs, or do you know who each other are? No, no, Kev, everything comes from Kev. So Kev is the umpire. So you'll receive an order. Like, I'm a core commander. I'll receive an order from my wing commander, basically telling me what he wants to do. And then I can get on the vassal mod, map out my movement, and then I send it to, back to Kev. And then, so basically, I issue orders to my troops, or I can send a message back, like, Usually, I'll send messages back to my wing commander and back to the army commander because I'm on the side where maybe the army commander might occasionally command me directly. So, hmm. but it's great because That's you can send out you can send out cavalry patrols and you have to kind of decide what order you want your people to move on the roads. So, uh, I mean, basically, at this point, I have no idea what's going on in That's, the battle. That's great. I've achieved my objective. I would love to show some initiative and march to different locations to help out, but I'm not sure if in doing so I would doom our entire plan. Wow. You know? Because when you read the history, you're always like, 
well, why didn't that guy march to the sound of the guns? Like, why didn't he, why wouldn't he, they're always like, oh, so-and-so, like, he never went to help. And meanwhile, the whole army was defeated. Well, well yeah, that's because his orders were to guard that fucking town. Right, yeah. No one ever sent him any different orders. So well, that's you, the beauty of Empire Games, man. That's that cool. Right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, yeah, I, they're, they're doing a, uh, I have on. no idea what's going on. That's great. I have a major command in the battle, and I have not fought a battle, and I do not know what's going on in the fucking thing. That's that's outstanding. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's super cool. We're doing a uh, we're doing a naval campaign like that uh, up here. A number of the guys here locally, all through email, umpire, and the beginning. Everybody was assigned uh, their commands, and for example, I have a uh, Chicago class sub. So you know you know who's playing and who has what commands, but beyond that, everybody gets their orders. And for example, uh, mine are basically get your uh, get your sub to the launch basket. And uh, we're not at war yet, um, but we plan to be at war. And when we do, we want you in position uh, to launch your cruise missiles. And so. Uh, there are probably people who are playing this who may be listening, so I won't <laughs> present details. But there's stuff going on the same way that you're talking about, Dave, where it's like, right. shit, I could totally be acting on this, but I can't well, and then, shouldn't because I would fuck everything fuck up if I took personal initiative. Well, and Kev, Kev does a great job. I don't even know if he realizes it, but he, when he sends you messages, sometimes he's like, there have been opportunities lost. <laughs> like he'll send these messages out where he's like watching units slip by other units while, and, and it makes you think like, Oh God, I think I should fucking do something. <laughs> like it makes you want to just fucking go hog wild and just start marching around, you know? Yeah. And maybe he's intentional. Like maybe he read the psychology book on like how to fuck with guys in a double blind umpire game because he's like, <laughs> he's like many opportunities have been missed so far it's been very interesting you're like oh god i gotta get one of those opportunities i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna try cavalry off to this town <laughs> you're just like so that's cool yeah he's doing a good job and i don't know how much work it is but it must be some work it sounds but, like work but it makes me feel like as much fun as it is for me i would say that if kev wasn't up for doing it again i would definitely be up for umpiring it because i think it's and hopefully he'll be able to do a recap and kind of run through what happens with oh, everything. Yeah, he documents everything. I'm, I'm sure he's keeping track of that crap. Because I know some big... He's going to have the best fucking PowerPoint ever. <laughs> I suspect there's been battles fought, but who knows? That's fascinating. Let's all say it. God bless the empires. Indeed. Right. Well, Thank you, umpires well everywhere. So, uh, so, Pete, you got anything else about Game On? Uh... Come on up, really. Um, and says, we're capping it at one fifty. We're going to keep it at this place. February, yeah, beginning of February, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Four days. Atomic Dog was there. Yeah, that's right. There are a bunch of guildies, of course. I'm, I'm completely remiss. Tyler, um, Ralph, Tyler, Mike, two. Mike was. Uh, yep. Ralph, of course, found out that Mike uh, lives. Uh, <clears throat> part of me, just like ten minutes away from me, didn't know that. Um, so need to get him and Tyler over here for some gaming and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. And, and, uh, we're capping it at 150. Uh, we're going to keep it at this place because of just the, the flow and the familiarity that the, uh, whole experience engenders. Um, so, um, we're going to 
open registration up again in a few weeks and uh, just encourage people, hey, if you if you want to get in, get in and get registered uh, because uh, we're going to keep it here and keep it capped. Well, I like cool. it. So you guys have maxed out. You're good. Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations about, ah, do we want to, you know, go bigger? Do we want to go somewhere else? No, we really like, uh, we really like what those four days are all about, seeing people that you know and uh, getting to know some people um, that you may know as an acquaintance uh, a little bit better. It's it's great. Sounds okay. to me like the bartenders are hot. That's that's uh, what I read that as. <laughs> I'm, you don't have to answer that. I'm just. Uh, there I'm, was there was it, one waitress a couple of years ago. It is Washington. Oh so. yeah. All the female there's, bartenders are probably single moms with kids. And I'm there's guessing. tattoos and engaged ears. I was about whatever. to say there are piercing piercings involved. Yep. Mike's Mike's parents of Washington State is that 75 percent of moms, 75 percent of the women at the bars are single moms with kids. It's my kind of place. That's <laughs> like. Maybe it's because I was at an army base. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I was about to say certain certain areas of King and Pierce County are are uh, prone to that demographic. Yeah, I know Lakewood. Lakewood's where I lived. <laughs> uh, Lakewood, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, what have, besides Game On? What else have you been playing? Um, a lot of good stuff. Uh, today, I just finally got to wrap up uh, my solo play of uh, Battle of Troy from Chariots of Fire. Nice. Yeah. Um, do you have problems with the chits? The chits don't match the uh, leaders. Um, I got the uh, the got magazine this. issue with the replacements. You got so the replacement pieces there. there um, and really, my my opinion is, I see, um, I see that game for sale a lot. Uh, you know, twenty bucks, twenty five bucks, fifteen bucks. People just looking to offload it for one reason or another. I feel like the Battle of Troy scenario in of itself is worth. That fifteen to twenty five dollars you're going to pay for it. So, I think it's the, it's the best. Game. I was going to say it's the best game in the the box, the Troy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's a class, you know. Yeah, and and like I said, you know, some of you guys may have seen the post. You know, I, I put it up solely because my daughter is reading the Odyssey right now. My son is completely into uh, ancient history. Period. Um, and I just wanted to give them that Nerds. visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Dad needs an excuse to set up a war game. It's like, oh, okay, here's some Finley Dale. Yeah, it's nerd squared. Play this game completely. Oh my but god! It's, it's what great. Nerds, you guys got to. <laughs> <laughs> so been doing been doing that, um, and uh, some other stuff that's been cooking. Uh, been playing some lighter stuff with uh, my lighter gaming crew, the uh, X-Wing minis. Enjoying that. Uh, we got a Formula D like circuit that's starting up. Uh, so we're going to have 10 guys who are going to play multiple times of the year, just like, uh, you know, for points, for point placements. Uh, and uh, I'm going to be drunk at every single one of those. Uh, thank you, is Uber. Your, is, is your group called the Tranny Jammers? <laughs> that's one game on note I forgot to bring up. Yeah, yeah. That's a t-shirt. Tranny jammers. Sticking hand and jamming hard. Yep. Um, yeah, so uh, there's been some of that. And the other the other thing that's been cooking here too is uh, I just picked up uh, a bunch of Command at Sea. Uh, well, Larry Bond. 
Larry Bones stuff. Oh yeah, okay. So, uh, that's something uh, I'm going to be uh, diving into uh, here pretty heavily as well. How about you, Jason? What have you been playing lately? Uh, we'll talk about that later. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's been very limited time. I've been traveling almost all month, and I'll be traveling most of next month too. So I've been playing Valor of the Guards with Pete. Yeah. Uh, we've been doing the, the Valor of the Guards scenario the last 15. I think it's 15. Yeah, that's right. So that's the one we've been playing. Uh, uh, with John Allgood, I've been playing Decision at Elst. My uh, Brits are slowly starting to move around, but John's artillery is just hammering the living dog shit out of me. So uh, <laughs> John's playing the Germans. His artillery has been really good. Uh, I'm In the north, I finally started moving up on my left flank, but he's got two stugs there that are ready to start firing at me. So I don't know how well that's going to go. Uh, played, I've been playing some Federation and Empire with Ralph again, just working through that. It's a little complicated, but we'll see. Uh, and then I've been playing Ayuka from Huzzah with Braxton. Like I mentioned earlier, we, we played a little bit this, this afternoon for my wife told me to stop playing. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, another funny thing is I was listening to War Games to Go from Mark Johnson, uh, another podcast. Friend of the show. Yeah, good guy. And uh, he was mentioning that he, he he's podcasting from my town. So I, I just geek mailed him, and it turns out we live like four blocks away from each other. That's hilarious. That's awesome. yeah. So, so uh, he was doing some – he was planning to do a podcast on uh, World War One games – so he said, well, why don't you come over? I've got Reinforce the Right. I guess it's an S&T magazine game. And uh, we went over to play that, and I went over to his house. And I kind of tried to be on my best behavior because, you know, I mean, if a guy lives like four blocks away, that's a guy you want to kind of, you know, you don't want to show up with like a, a fifth of Jack Daniels and like a six-pack of beer at that guy's house. Yeah. But he had like tons of snacks and stuff. He oh, had like cool. food. Like, he had like a veggie tray. He had like... Two types of cookies. He had like chips. Two types, dude. He had pretzels. I was just like, but I was kind of like, I don't want to touch any of this stuff. And then, <laughs> you know, that's just rude. So basically, what are these like roofie pretzels? <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting there. And I'm kind of like, at first I'm like, okay. So um, he goes, well, do you want anything to drink? I said, uh, he goes, do you want a beer? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we, so we went and got a beer. And then after I drank one beer, again, I'm on my best behavior. We're going to play. I'm playing the French. And basically it's a, it's a Miranda game. And Miranda designed. Uh-oh. And uh, so, so Mark was going to play the Germans and I was going to play the French. So And the BEF. So after one beer, I was like um, – do you mind if I dip? <laughs> so, so I just basically dipped and just spit in my beer bottle. So nice. I represented very classy, kept yeah. it classy the whole time. Uh, didn't get drunk, didn't flip over any tables or knock anything down. Or I didn't eat. I I did eat some of the vegetables from the vegetable tray. I did not. I stuck away. I did not eat any of the cookies. But it turns out later on, I'm like, hey, sorry, dude, I didn't eat any of the food. I I mean, I had never seen a guy put out a spread like that. And uh, it turns out he had a euro game the day before with a bunch of euro gamers and i guess that's that food was left over oh so. nice <laughs> second hand rose <laughs> at least he didn't waste it all yeah but he's a nice nice dude yeah. good guy i anticipate we're gonna play again i love uh, his podcasts yeah he did a great interview with with uh charles vassal mm-hmm. which i thought that guy is a riot very funny yeah uh, 
regardless of what people think about him on the internet, I thought listening to him on the podcast, he was really good. Uh, so yeah, so we played reinforce the right. My, my French and Belgians managed to hold off the Germans. They did not get anywhere near penetrated into France on the right. So it's funny too, when the, when the name of the game is reinforce the right, like it came up all the time where we'd be like, He'd be like, where should I send these guys? I'm like, uh... (laughs) (laughs) And I I kept on saying, my part of the game is reinforce the left. (laughs) Reinforce the left. There's there's actually some rules issues with the game, I think, that are a little uh, uh, wonky. In a a Miranda game? That's my uh uh-oh earlier. Right. And and to the extent that I'm almost like, play-tested at all? I don't know, because there's a rule where you can uh, bring reinforcements in in a depot and the, the reinforcements can ignore stacking rules. So basically there's one French depot right on the border with Belgium on the left wing. And each time they would bring in like an army headquarters and like, like 10 divisions, I would just stack them all. In this depot. It was like, I, I called it a, uh, what was I calling it? I, it was like it was like basically like a stargate for the French. Like they could just bring free <laughs> <laughs> reserve division in the entire nation appeared at the stargate and they would march into Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans had like no chance. So like one small rule, which if hey just if they maybe just made the French distribute the reserves around the country the way they would probably traditionally have actually mm-hmm. mobilized you know, localized garrisons showing up instead of like having 10 divisions show up in one city. Uh, I think the game would maybe be a little bit, have more of a sense of urgency. But. Sure. Yeah. That's very Miranda. Like uh, I think he did, I think he did the Kaiser's war, which was another S and T title. Um, I'm pretty sure it was him. And same thing. There's uh, like a sort of auto victory rule around um believe it's venice or something anyway um and it's a very simple correction you know it's like hey just change that condition to occur a half a turn later and the game works yeah you know just a slight amount of development because that game was really a lot of fun i played it solo a couple times and i really enjoyed it it's it's very typical of snt stuff where it's like man you know with a little bit of a little bit of polish from the developer yeah They've got some cool mechanisms in the game where basically yeah. you have a you have an initial phase where you can fight and you can move and then fight combat. Now you can't uh, you can't advance after combat. So happens, I know who would want to do that. But after the in the second you have a second impulse where if you're still within command range of your headquarters, you can move and fight again. But the idea is the headquarters are slow, the army headquarters, so you can outrun your headquarters. So it, it's there, there, there is kind of a cool mechanism that I think felt right. But the fact that the the way the reinforcements come in, I think, is broken. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's he, I mean, he has strokes of genius in a lot of his games. Yeah, and no, then it's, it's just like really this this one rule just kind of messes it yeah. all up. But yeah. that's cool. So I so I plan on maybe uh, I got Shining Path. From one small step games, uh, Mark appeared to be kind of interested in that one because Mark is more of a uh, he doesn't really like the complexity as much mm-hmm. as I do. So I thought He's maybe my I, might, guy. I might put <laughs> shining path over there and uh, see if he'd be interested in playing. So so we we went you know not a bromance like the bromance. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was worried. 
Right. <laughs> Just to reassure everybody. I, I did send him a geek mail and said, hey, take it easy. Yeah. Hands well, off my man. Where, where, where were you last night? Don't, don't get any ideas. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, geez, it was great because I just hop in my car and in like two minutes I'm home. That's, so great. that's pretty nice. Dave, you've come home with the smell of celery sticks and cherry tomatoes on your breath. <laughs> where have you been? I'm like, oh, I spilled two gas. different kinds of cookies. I, I spilled two, gas. Two, two. I spilled gas all over myself at the gas pumps. I don't know why I smell so strongly of gasoline. It might mask any other scent that's on there. <laughs> and girls, if your if your boyfriend ever comes home smelling of gas, believe me, he was cheating on you. Unless it actually happened, I. It's funny. I, oh, you're so, such a liar! <laughs> no, seriously, you're such a liar. I I was going to Houston two weeks ago, and I was filling up on the way to the airport, and and the the automatic stop thing didn't work on the on the pump. I yep. was covered yep. in fuel. That's exactly what I used to tell my girlfriend. That's terrible. so smart. Good job. Terrible. Yeah, I, luckily I had an extra change of clothes with me. That was terrible. Anyway. All right, so uh, Jason. Most people stuff their guests of rags and carry on baggage. You just wore them. <laughs> yeah. So, Jason, you don't want to do any games played? Um, I am playing 1989 still with, with Michael. I. It's funny. Someone, uh, my buddy Matt came into my office today and I was taking a turn on Vassal play by email. He was like, nice. <clears throat> so we were talking a little bit about 1989 and Vassal and how long it takes. He's like, oh, how long have you guys been playing? I said, I don't know. So I went back through and looked at my log files. We started in... in 1989? No, we started in May of last year and we're on turn 9 of 10. So, wow. it, yeah, it'll be about a year for the for the full game. But it's it's fun. Well, I am ready to take a potty break. I yeah, me too. I need another drink. All right. Sounds uh, good. By the time I get to my review, I'm going to be slurring. I'll go last. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah. I'm going my, first. My review will be short. I, I'd like to go first, then. Sounds good. All right. There's, I think there's like 12 limes in the sink. Because <laughs> I... Telltale. But I'm like, she, she might count all the halves and figure out how many margaritas I drink. <laughs> That's your that's your version of the empty, <laughs> the discarded halves of fruit. Yeah, it's like I'm, yeah, I'm leaving, shell, I'm leaving shell casings around. <laughs> so, were you really worried about the lime shortage last year? You oh, paying no, I, out the nose for your limes? Yeah, they're well, they're not cheap. They're like a, a three for a buck, and I need two limes to make a, a mangarita. So. So it's got to be two limes, and then uh, and then they're pain in the ass to squeeze too. Do you have one of those uh, little lime presses? I do, I do. Yeah, I broke mine the last weekend. <laughs> I was squeezing a lemon, and the, the handle snapped off. I was like, "What the fuck is this? How is your forearm so powerful with all the section?" <laughs> <clears throat> well, she's thirteen weeks, so. I would think it's, that your forearms have been it's been a while. It's, <laughs> it's been a while. It's just like that family episode with Quagmire. Yeah. When he discovers the internet porn. Exactly. <laughs> Giggity. Yeah. I gotta go back inside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fastest it's... left-handed mouse in the United States. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Okay, so we, we're ready to do reviews. Sure. Hey, before we do, what? we have to acknowledge one thing. Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. 
we really need to acknowledge that. Rest in peace. Yeah. Okay, I, we can move on now. I, I did. <laughs> I will. I will say I did summon Andy Cowan twice on rolls in recent games. Yeah, that helps. He was not there for me, but I'm still going to do it. I'm still drinking in his honor. It's funny. I'm you listening. And me both. I'm listening to two half squads, and there's letters he wrote to them. Oh wow! So, really? so it's kind of weird to hear them reading his letters, knowing that he's passed away. And he's one of our boys. So it's kind of just interesting because I was listening to the, the podcast as I was driving. And uh, that's it. I just thought it was hmm. kind of yeah. – it, it's kind of like you, you – uh, I guess, you know, we're recording everything. So everything's going out there. Two of the things we talk about are going to be out, out for, I guess, as long as anyone wants to keep them out there. So it is kind of a legacy that you leave behind you. Yeah, seriously. On the internet. I'm sure my children will be so proud. <laughs> God <laughs> bless. But Best of podcast played at your funeral. It did make me think about something because I was wondering, like, have either of you guys ever, like, thought about, like, what is going to happen to all your games if something was to happen to you? Like, if you were to pass, does, does your wife have a guy that she would give your games to? Yeah. Or would yeah. she, like... Yeah. Okay. Both yeah. of you have that? You have I got someone... a guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't have that. I got to work on that. Because my, I think my wife has always said that my miniatures would go to my kids, even if they didn't know what to do with them. It would hmm. be something. That oh would be yeah, yeah, that them. makes sense. Because you put the time into paint. Them yeah, because yeah. there's some art touch. Yeah, some yeah, yeah, aspect to it. But yeah, yeah. I guess the board games. Yeah. yeah, I always thought about that thing where Marshall went out to that widow and got <laughs> all the ASL stuff. Like exactly. <laughs> She didn't know, like, I don't know if she didn't know how much it was worth, but I mean, I just, oh well, all right. He got a deal. He got a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it there. Because sometimes you'll see stuff for sale and you're like, kind of like, wow, I wonder if that person really knows what that's worth. So. Yeah. Okay, so that's an exciting, uplifting moment of the podcast. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so now we're going to go into reviews. I've got a. Well, be- before we do that, even. Do you guys buy used games? Speaking of widows, all the time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like okay. how used? Well, just used in general. Because I, I, <laughs> I went to go play a game the other day, and it wasn't punched or clipped yet. It's like motherfucker, what a pain in the ass! And like, I bought Commands and Colors Ancients years and years and years ago, but it was used, so everything was already stickered. And I just appreciate so much buying a game, and it's already punched, it's already sorted out. I don't have to fuck with it. I just can just read the rules yeah. and sit down and play with it. Well, I remember at Constant World, I brought Liberty Roads, and Rick was sitting there. He's like, "Yeah, I'll sit down and check it out with you." And so I, I basically busted it out. I ripped the shrink wrap off. He's like, "Did you like clip it or what?" I'm like, "No, I didn't do shit. We're gonna let's play it." He's like. I would never fucking do what you're doing right now. He goes, I would print out all the errata. I would, he had a whole list of stuff that he would do. He's like, I cannot believe that you're just punching out the stuff. I would wash my hands three times and put on the gloves. I didn't have the errata. I didn't have anything. I'm like, I was playing it out of the box basically. Yeah. 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 That was, that was a, that was a score from game on too. I got uh, Liberty roads. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, Thanks, guys. Um, yeah. yeah, that one I, I'm really excited about. I fucking love that game. Now, Jason, are you in for Operation Dauntless? That's no. his second game. No. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Ralph is a developer on it. 
Or a developer? Designer. <laughs> or is he a diviner? Divine. Or, well, no, he's a, he's he's working on Operation Dauntless. It's I didn't know that. Guy. Yeah, it's See, on GMT. We need a page that people can let us know because I'll drop money on it now. Yeah, Mark was there too. Uh, but they don't have the land. It's I, I just wondered how much it would be different because the really cool thing about Liberty Roads is the landings. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, is the system as cool without the landings? Because that was kind of the cool thing that yeah. you could, anything. And Dauntless sounds like it's a little bit more focused on a particular operation. So mm. whatever, I would say check it out. Hmm. But but same designer. That's interesting. And wait, are you wait Operation Dauntless in Red Winter? You're thinking? I'm oh, is that what I'm thinking of? I'm like, yeah, you might be. Okay. Yeah, because uh, <clears throat> yeah, because Mark uh, Mark was there, and he, no, no, he brought right. Operation Dauntless to Game On last year. And right. It was looking pretty good. All right, um, so so Jason, edit all that stuff I just said out. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you just saved me fifty good. bucks. It's the Red Winter. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. people did love that game. No, Red Winter's good. I, so, do you guys do you guys have a good uh, like uh, local game store that has used stuff nearby you? Or? No, none of the I, games I, by me have uh, have used stuff. Uh, we have one up here that's just kick ass when it comes to new stuff. Get a lot of a lot of good good stuff from them, and they actually go through and, and count and validate. They put a sticker on there, hundred percent verified. That's um, cool. Yeah, and you go and you count it yourself anyway and go, sure, shit, yeah, it's uh, 100% verified, it's already punched, and thank you very much. Sorry. Yeah, because like, people talk about, like, you know, unpunched, un- unplayed as, as uh, hey, give me more money for this, but I'm like, no, do everything for me so that I can just play <laughs> the game when I get it in the mail. No, I agree with it's that. It's a value add. Yeah. Well, there, there's a guy that's selling Or you it. can just send it to somebody in a gallon bag with all the chits. <laughs> there, there's a guy selling ASL Yanks on eBay, just the counters and bags. But I'm, I was almost like, maybe I would want that. Yeah, maybe. It, you know, I could get that, and then Pete could photocopy the AS, the Yanks rules and send them to me. And that sounds illegal. Do we we'll photocopy cut, things anymore? We'll cut Kurt Schilling a fifty dollar check. He can use yeah, so back, backtracking, it's not Liberty Roads, it's Red Winter, Red Winter. Operation Dauntless. Yeah, this is your edit it. point, Jason. That's the one. So here we go. Ready? One, two, three. There okay. we go. That's where okay. we're going to cut. Okay. Sounds good. And, and I'm, so, a really, reviews. I'm a really smart guy. I'm a genius. <laughs> you didn't get two out of 20 on the quiz. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> hey, so Pete's got some really good imitations, too, by the way. Pete, do you have any good voices you do? You do like a good, weird r- Russian voice, or is that your German voice that you do? That's his Sean Connery. That's the uh... <laughs> oh, <he does laughs> Sean Connery from Red That's Red actually from... my Sean Connery doing Dave doing Sean Connery. From Red October. <laughs> is this, this, is the, this is the Dave doing Sean Connery? Put it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's too much Sean Connery. Too much OD. <laughs> That's a Sean Connery OD right there. <laughs> just good voices, don't you do? You do like a, a Russian voice where you're like, I can't, I can't do Pete doing a Russian. Yeah, voice. yeah, it's the uh, FPS guy. You ever see the FPS guy on uh, on YouTube? The guy who gets all kinds of uh, oh, the Russian guy support weapons, support yeah. weapons, and blows up propane tanks and yeah. shit. 
<laughs> he, he kicks ass. Yeah, he's uh, he's frightening. I don't know where the money comes from. Where's yeah, the money? I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know who you guys know. are talking about. It's a Russian guy on YouTube that like has like claymores and oh, he blows stuff up. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh God, you you have to you have to watch. Start off with the one where he uh, he has like a it's not a Mac Ten. It's it's some little subcompact number, and uh, he has the guy to make it interesting. He has the guy hit him with pepper spray in the face before he fires the thing off. And so that's where the whole the the whole imitation thing started off. He's like, you know, come on, you know, hit me, hit me with that pepper spray. You know? <laughs> and he goes, Shh, you know, a little bit. No, 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 don't be pussy. Really, hit me with that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what and he just says. gets it in the face, and then they cut, and he's <laughs> they cut back to him, and he's in a different shirt, and his face is all fucking swollen. He's like. Pepper spray some pretty bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just lights off a bunch of rounds and cracks yeah. everything. He's, he's awesome. You have to look up this guy. That's yeah. crazy. We'll, we'll be playing and I'll be like, I don't know if I want to run it. And Pete will be like, don't be pussy. <laughs> <laughs> run across road. Don't really be... hit me with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one. That's good. That's one. I used to work in radio years ago, so they're they're there. Yeah, they're on call. Mm-hmm. Do you have the wacky radio voice? Oh, Dave's Dave's heard it when when uh, <laughs> when we're rolling on the IFT and ASL. And like, oh, nine! That one's off the charts. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no effect. That, that one's off the chart. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, too funny. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so Dave you have a review don't you I <laughs> do <laughs> thank you for keeping us on track I am so who's far grinding the, the organ now Pete was telling me he his his wife he was going to send his wife off on a vacation uh, <laughs> he is so insecure he sent his wife to Palm Springs because it's all old people and like gay men in Palm Springs. <laughs> you send her to like a stronghold where no man will ever make a pass at her there. I think she's completely secure down there. So she was telling me about that. It's a long story, but I'll I'll skip it. She needed a little R and R, and and deservedly so. It's not just like hey, you know, send the wife away. She really needed some time away. So she went down there with a good friend of hers, and uh, she's like, you know, on the third day, there were these five guys who just had, like, one of their little, you know, Dr. Dre, you know, Bluetooth pill boxes or something. And they're all in their banana hammocks and in the hot tub with that thing and just hearing... Hundred and eighty beats per minute, hopefully of music. <laughs> oh my gosh. She said that was really about the only time that she didn't really have like complete bliss. She said it was just so laid back. It's just like you said, Dave, everybody just kinda goes down there to decompress. Yeah, it's it's a safe environment for a, a married woman mm-hmm. to be <laughs> sounds like it. Running around. Okay. And not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. No, whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever you want to do. I'm I was just... waiting for the Seinfeld reference. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm going to review a game. 
So this game is called Le Retour de l'Empereur. Oh, Jesus Christ. No. Oh, is this a quiz question answer? Spell this. It's um, Le Retour de l'Empereur. Okay. And it's basically basically what this is, is this is a game. It's by Pratt's and Enterprises uh, on the Waterloo campaign. So it's got four battles, which, by God, I'm going to try to pronounce. Uh, Ligny. Quatre Bras, Waterloo, and Wavre. So, so how so, am I spelling this to put it in the show notes? Uh, L E. Okay. That's the le, and then there's retour. Okay. R E T O U R, which I assume is return. Okay. Then de. Okay, de, I got it. And le emperor. Got it. So thank, I thank believe it would be the return of the emperor. Sounds so. good. Your French is amazing. You like that? I'm, yeah, I'm French descent. It's pathetic. But whatever. Tish, you spoke French. Uh-huh. All right. So um, basically, this game is a game that I heard about through the guild. And there was somebody who was interested in maybe seeing it if, if it would be a good buy. And so then I immediately ran off and bought it. Uh, not out from under them, but I bought it from <laughs> having. After they inquired, I decided, hey, this game does look pretty cool. So I figured I'd grab it. And I think I got it from Noble Knight Games. Off of eBay. Okay. So it retails for about seventy-five dollars, mm. which is not cheap, but I think that's like a reasonable price for a good game. And uh, basically, what the game is is it's a uh, regimental scale battle game, which allows you to fight the four major battles of the Waterloo campaign, and you can even kind of link them together. Uh, one of the cool things about the game is that uh, while you have you have counters, like for infantry, for example, uh, one side of the counter is line infantry, and then when you flip it, the unit becomes a column and changes in its, in its uh, uh, alignment, but also all the factors change to match up what a column would fire at. So, so for example, on the front side of a, a, a line unit, you might have fire, melee, steps, morale, and movement, when you flip the counter for that unit over, it all changes to reflect what those factors would be if it was in column. So you don't have to worry about, like, is it half in column or, you know. So I thought that was kind of a neat step that they have with the units, where the backside is the other formation that that, that unit is generally going to be in. Um, there's there's uh, the, the, let's see, the... the Sequence of the player turn is, is pretty standard. You have a charge sequence, then movement, then the, uh, the inactive player fires his units, then the, the active player is going to fire, and then there's a melee phase, and then there's a rally phase. So uh, I think the, the components were really nice. I thought the maps were attractive. I think the uh, counters especially, really nice quality and very attractive color. And there's also... Uh, Little guys on the front, like in line. So, like, I thought that was kind of neat that they they kind of represent the soldiers actually on the counter, so you can kind of be sure that you're facing them the correct way. Um, Formation-wise, in this game, this is kind of a it, it's maybe a level up from uh, La Bataille as far as the representation of the units. So you're not talking about battalions; you're talking about regiments. But complexity-wise. 
I think this is the kind of game that if maybe you're a Napoleonic player and you want to play the Waterloo campaign, but you're not really up for, uh, you maybe are looking for an easy to medium type complexity game, this would be the game for you as opposed to tackling one of the Labatai games. Or, uh, and I don't know if there's any other simple games that are available for this tactical level of combat. So this would be like between the Labatai and like the, the Napoleonic 20. Yeah, like a, I think like so. a step up mm-hmm. from that. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and and basically the way the game works is, uh, like when you're shooting, you just add up the fire factors of the units that are shooting at the guy, and you roll on a on a roll one die on a chart, and that shows whether the guy has to take a uh, morale check or might lose some steps. Uh, there are the casualties are recorded by rosters. Uh, when you fight melee. Basically, that just means that you're going to, when you guys are going to fight hand to hand, you're going to look at your, what your melee factor is and compare it to your steps in the unit that are still alive. And then you just go to a CRT and it's a proportional attack. Hmm. So the, the system itself is pretty basic. I mean, there's really not a lot that's complex about the way the rules play. I think the components are, are nice because they seem very modern, but the actual rules for the basic game, the standard game, are pretty much nothing special uh even in the basic game the various leaders all they do is provide uh combat morale modifiers to the guys in the hex that they're in now so so having said that so basically infantry the just to give you an idea of the the kind of complexity that could be involved infantry in the basic game are in column they're in line they can maybe form in square if cavalry's coming near them uh if they're lights, they can form in a special skirmish formation, or they can be in general order if they're in tough terrain, or they can be disorganized. Now, disorganized, general order, and being in column are all the same side of the counter. It's like the column side. Cavalry can either be in line or in column or disorganized. So the, the one of the cool aspects of the game is during the cavalry, when cavalry moves during the movement phase, they're in column the entire time. But if you ever want to charge with cavalry, they automatically turn into line and move in line. So, and it's called battle formation. So that basically cav has two formations, one of which is column for movement, one of which is line for charging. And then artillery just says like limbered or unlimbered. So that might give you a feel for kind of the type of scale that we're talking about with the fights. The final thing I want to talk about is the advanced rules. Um, if, if you're not as, maybe, maybe if you want a little bit more complexity with the game, they do have rules when you get into the advanced rules. There's a bunch of optional rules. One of them is you can have like light infantry companies that deployed like skirmishers in front of the infantry units. Um, one of the things that's a little bit harsh in the basic game is if you fail a morale check from being shot and, and you're disorganized, it, it requires two turns before you can rally back to being normal. If while you're disorganized, you fail a second morale check, you're immediately eliminated. There's no routing or anything like that, which is kind of harsh. So, like, basically two failed morale checks and you're gone. You just pulled them off the map at that point? Yeah, they're, they're gone. Yeah, eliminated. Wow. So in the in the advanced game, they allow some rules for routing, how, how routing units can move. And then the other cool thing is, uh, I'm just trying to give a thumbnail sketch here, but the... Uh, Command command rules. Once you get to the advanced game, there's like five different levels of of command rules. Where it goes from the the beginning one, where they basically just modify, 
to then where they have command radiuses and to be able to do things, you need to be within a certain radius, and then you can have tactical orders you can issue to units, and then there's written orders you can issue to units, and then finally you have aids and order transmission. So, wow. yeah, basically it goes from as much as you want it to be, it will allow you to make it complicated. So, Wow, it's like a little bit of GBOH and then tactical combat series kind of all wrapped up in that, it sounds like. Yeah, the base game is basically just a game where a bunch of the units are going to come together and fight, and we'll see what happens. Uh, there's there's really no not much command structure at all, except the leaders can run around and rally guys and do stuff like that. But then if you want to go to a more advanced system, you can tack on. I mean, the, they give you markers. The thing I liked about it is some games will say, hey, there's an, this is an advanced optional rule for orders, but they don't give you stuff for that. It's just kind of tacked on. This game has a bunch of markers where you, they expect you to eventually go to using these tactical orders and stuff. Hmm. For, and, and the leaders have characteristics once you get to those more advanced command roles where you flip them, and instead of just having like a combat modifier and a morale modifier, excuse me, they have a obedience and initiative. <laughs> so they might obey an order or they might, you could maybe make an order on their own, like as a core Obedience, commission. that's interesting. Yeah. Like, so when an order comes in, they might not listen to the order. So <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. Oh. And the, the campaign, in the, there's a, so basically there's a rule book that comes with it, and then there's a scenario and specific rules campaign, which gives just a ton of different optional scenarios for the four battles, ways to link the battles together. Uh, uh, like you can make, there's, there's options where you can maybe make Ney a better commander than he was, like make, maybe make him how he was back in the good old days instead of how he was actually at Waterloo when he was like one of the worst generals ever in the history of mankind. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's a really good buy, especially for 75 bucks. If you're, if you're looking at a, a Napoleon, if you want to get into Napoleonics, Waterloo is obviously a great uh, uh, campaign to get into. This gives you all four battles. If, if you don't want the extra complexity of a Labatai-type system, uh, it's, it's perfect to come into because you can kind of get used to the, the basic system and then just kind of add on whatever else you want to put in there. So That's cool. Nice components, too. Yeah, know. the counters look really cool. Or really beautiful. Now, hmm. some of the French guard cavalry is a little rainbowy, so there were some comments about... Hey, we don't, we don't judge. Generally, that <laughs> generally what happens is the top of the counter is the the color of the side, like blue or red or whatever, and then below it is kind of like a a, a fading color into what designates them as a particular type of unit. So, oh, I see. Okay. So, so the Prussians are a darker blue, the French are a lighter blue, and the Brits are all red. Hmm. That's cool. But I, I I played Quattro Bras solo with it. I enjoyed it. I really had a good time. So just kind of messing around with it myself but but yeah the the i would i would recommend though if you're going to play the basic rules don't use the the add on the route rules because it is pretty harsh that uh a, a unit that's disorganized twice is immediately eliminated no matter how many steps it has so that's cool so i'd say this game is fun wise i i mean i'm kind of a a chromy, I'm, I'm a Labatai fan, so take that with a grain of salt. I, I, I prefer the Labatai chrome and the complication involved there. Uh, I would say I would give it about a seven for fun and beers. Geez, 
ton of beers because basically once you learn the rules, everything is on the counters. All the mm-hmm. factors are there on the counters. So uh, you basically have a, a more quick reference chart, and you can probably run through it. The only other challenge with the game is because it's a French game. I think this is from a French company that Pratson brought over. And based on the stuff I've said about other games, take that with a grain of salt also. Do your own research, people, please. Um, <laughs> the rules are very strangely laid out, maybe mm-hmm. not the way you would expect from yeah. a GMP game. So sometimes it can become hard to figure out what they're supposed to be doing. Adjectives or, or after nouns and all sorts yeah, of weird shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot. So, um, so that, that was a problem, but. I still have a problem with understanding El Pollo Loco. <laughs> Wait, the, the chicken the, the crazy. Chicken crazy? What? Wait, what? That chicken crazy. <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking at pictures of of this game that I won't pretend to pronounce, and the um, <laughs> the guy I'm looking at it's Michael Sundborg, D. Vader. Uh, that's the guy who sent me Liberty Roads. It all comes together. Full circle. Shout out to Michael Sundborg. Oh, is that that was just a random shout out to Michael Sundberg for well, being he, a he took a bunch of the pictures on Board Game Geek oh. for this game. Yeah, so it's an it's a really attractive cool. game. Yeah, I think it's, it'd be good. And good. I've only played the Quattro Bra game, which is like the, the absolutely just the beginning part of it. So it's interesting though because I'm doing that and I'm playing the PBEM game, so it's the kind of comparison of the two is funny. So Yeah. So, uh, so that's it. I would say it's so, yeah, I'd give it about a seven to eight. For me personally, that's how I feel. But I mean, I haven't played Waterloo or any of the other games for this, but I think it does give you a pretty comprehensive look at the way the, uh, the campaign went. And I like the fact that they link the different games. So maybe if you win here, then you can send more troops over to this other one that you're going to fight. Um, beers, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. There's lots of beers. Yeah. So. Seven beers, eight beers. Go. Cool. Let your conscience be your judge. Two leaders. Yeah. Two so leaders. no leaders. We're not. We're doing in America. America. All right. So uh, so that's Le Retour de l'Empereur. So I give it thumbs up. Very nice. Especially if you're a new gamer and you don't want to buy it off on too much. Like poor Campbell, again, came over to my house, and I made him play Labatai. I would he, never play Labatai, but this it, looks like something that I would it, actually play. Yeah, this is a game that I would bring to Constant World and see if a guy wanted to play it for a couple hours. It's yeah. fun. So if somebody wanted to learn and perhaps know and internalize Napoleon's Italian campaigns, it's, my <laughs> system. it's too late for that. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right, yeah. <laughs> this is way after that. <laughs> internalize it's all, uh, it's all about prepping for Braxton's questions right? that's funny so, so <laughs> Pete do you have a review you want to do I do okay. uh, I'm going to review Panzer by uh, GMT wow mm-hmm. nice be, uh, particularly transparent about this um, is, two it reasons. In, is it in print uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm uh, reviewing it is not in print. The base game is not in print. The three expansions are. Uh, but the base game is not available right now. It's also uh, expensive, right? It is getting more and more expensive on the secondary market. Like, uh, Cap Sharp, let's evoke the man's name again. Um, uh, last year, I think, uh, he's like, hey, Pete, you know, I, I got a line on, uh, you know, the base game and, and two expansions for 90 bucks. Is that too much? I'm like, jump on that right now. Because wow. the base game itself right now is going 
Uh, anecdotally, I've seen it going anywhere between seventy and ninety dollars itself. Holy shit! Lately, um, but word on the street uh, from Gene at GMT uh, just a couple weeks ago was that they're looking to reprint uh, the Panzer Base game and the reprint of MBT, which is the uh, same system uh, updated just like Panzer is uh, for modern. And uh, they're looking to do that as a combined print run. And I think that's a, a win-win for anybody who loves armor the way that uh, people like us do. Uh, so that's one reason why we're, I really wanted to talk about this one, because uh, it's about to be back in print, potentially, generate a little bit of interest, maybe get some P500s, and hell, beyond that, um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I guess the way I, I think about it is... All right, why the hell do I need another World War II tactical system? Sure. Uh, and it's a fair question to ask. And, of course, the, the name of the game uh, gives you a hint. It's armor-focused. Uh, armor comes first. And with that comes um, a level of detail in the armor that you just don't see anywhere else. Um, each... Uh, piece of armor that is featured in the game has a data card and if anybody has ever played uh, naval games before um, the level of detail that you get in these data cards are like ships data cards in naval games uh, they get right down to the nitty gritty of how quickly can uh, this turret turn uh, you know as a mechanical assist or are there guys you know, you know cranking on tricycle pedals to make this thing go around so, uh, so, so, Pete, each of the yeah. units has like a separate card. Yeah, there's a there's a separate uh, there there's an individual card for each unit. So, you know, Panzer IV uh, Mark Mark F uh, will have its own card. Mark H will have its own card, et cetera, et cetera. So they'll capture all the nuances and the different uh, iterations of a design, mm -hmm. and they'll break it down uh, into armor uh, armor factors. Uh, from different angles. Uh, so, you know, your usual turret front, turret side, depending on the angle of it, in incidence of the shot, uh, if the shot is rising or falling, if um, the round that is striking it is uh, chemical or kinetic, uh, things like that. So uh, factors in things uh, such as shirts in that way. Um, it also covers the penetration value of the, uh, the round from, from the tank and special ammunition uh, based on range. So it gets very detailed, but the beauty of it is is that once you crack the code of those data cards, the game absolutely cruises. It moves right along. Um, and I, I, think that's, I think that's what's so fun about it because uh, I'll step back a bit. Um, the scale of the game is uh, individual tanks, individual squads, um, weapons crews, things like that. Uh, 100 meters per hex. And I think what makes it interesting is if you compare it to a lot of other tactical games, um, you'll have a battle in other tactical games where um, you have a handful of tanks, you have some infantry, and you're going in there at 40 meters a hex or whatnot and trying to take a certain number of victory locations. Panzer steps back and brings you out to the level of the meeting engagement. You know, how how did you arrive at, at assaulting that city? And part of the game is, you know, if there's a 20-turn game, 
those 15, those first 15 turns of the game are all about your approach and how effectively have you managed your approach to that city and how many guys and how many tanks do you have to actually take that city? Uh, so that's what I think makes, makes it interesting because, you know, like squad leader, you'll get right into the action and it's kind of assumed that all these things have happened. In Panzer, it's up to you. The better you manage your approach, the better that you are going to um, have a chance of actually taking that objective. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's one thing that I like about it. So, you know, armor focus, difference in scope. Um, the game really does focus on your approach or, in, depending on the scenario, meeting engagements. And now, Pete, the, the scale is a vehicle is a vehicle? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. And things are broken up into um, into uh, platoons and companies or squadrons, if you got Brits, things like that, uh, which makes it really, really, really shine as a multiplayer game. Um, I've played this a dozen times or so, and uh, I can only think of twice where really played it one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Once online with Vassal on Vassal, uh, once face to face, but generally what uh, I like to do is get two guys to a side, maybe hmm. three, you can scope up to that and give everybody a command and say, okay, here, here are your uh, platoons, here are your platoons, here are the objectives. And there's a command system that uh, drives the game where uh, you, you will place your, uh, you place your orders down and say, all right, do I want to move? Do I want to fire? Do I want to go into overwatch? Um, do I want to fire a move and do a short halt, things like that. And everybody is secretly allocating these things, and depending on the uh, grade of your formation, you get a certain number of uh, allocations that you can give. So there's uh, another little nuance there where you'll have a, a uh, more accomplished side that is going to have more operational flexibility than the other, and they'll have more command chips to give out and to do things individually. And when you get two-on-two two or three-on-three, three, you know, let your mind's eye kind of run on you here. Um, you can see how people are going to start stepping on each other's toes. You know, everybody's going to know what the larger objective is, but they're going to start making some decisions that uh, might, get, might run counter to the way that uh, your buddy next to you is trying to, uh, trying to run the game. So that's, that's a lot of fun. There's, there's a bit of clusterfuck <laughs> to it. Um, <laughs> That really makes it shine, and I think that's that's kind of what you like. You know, there's no perfect plan, uh, so, and that's so, really so. So, with the Panzer game, how many scenarios does it come with? Um, each expansion, uh, I'll ballpark it has eh, about twelve or so. There are a couple guys out there on Consum World right now who are uh, developing scenarios independently. There's this one guy, uh, Fernando, that I'm doing a blind umpire game with uh, right now. Um, who has been uh, generating a lot of scenarios? So there's some there's some light third party action. Uh, I'll say very light. Um, so, but so when you buy Panzer, when you buy Panzer, you're getting Germans and Russians, or Germans and core set is Germans and Russians. Okay. Um, expansions one and two are um, early war and kind of early war ish. Uh, and then late war, uh, Russians and Germans. Expansion three are the Brits and the Americans. And again, all those three expansions are available right now. 
Now, can can the game be played without the cards? Just referring to the counters, or do you need to refer no, to the cards? There's nothing on the counter. There's oh, nothing so the, the, the counter is just a tank. Is, yeah, okay. that's it. That's crazy. That's so you have a card for like an infantry squad. Correct. Okay. Hmm. So they uh they they do have things like air support. They have onboard and offboard artillery. Um, and the way I would explain it is, okay, you pop open the hood of a 1968 Camaro and say, wow, look at that engine. It's complex. But the moment that you start to understand uh, the individual systems, it's like looking at and understanding how a carburetor works. Oh, simple, straightforward. Right. So things stack together, but there's just a lot of little systems and subsystems in there uh, that uh, add up to overall complexity. But when you start chipping away at the system and playing it and, and taking a little taste of these rules and that as you go, um, they're all super clean and they make a lot of sense. So, so when, when you say that, so players, you're doing a multiplayer game, do they have to have copies of their individual cards? Are they like, they share the cards with each other? Yeah, they usually share the cards, you know. So, um, for example, at Game On, we did uh, Operation Goodwood. We all had Goodwood. Right. We're excited to play. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, you know, uh, on my side, I was the Brits uh, with my buddy who uh, was a former Cav guy. Um, so he was all charged up to play. And, uh, you know, we share the Fireflies and the Cromwells and, and the uh, – and uh, the stewards and things like that. And on the other side, those guys were sharing the Mark IVs and Tiger IIs and things. That were, uh, um, but it's, it's not a big deal. I mean, in terms of, you know, not everybody needs, like, an individual card. So so for a tank to kill another tank, how many die rolls are required? All right. Uh, there is one die roll to determine uh, if there is an actual hit. Okay. There is another die roll to determine location. Okay. And there is a third die roll to determine effect. So the location chart is on the card for the tank? It's on the uh, master uh, game sheet. Okay. All right. But you yeah, will reference I'm, I'm actually yeah. not familiar with the rules at all, so I'm just kind of – that's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. So you'll, you'll, uh, you'll look at the basic range, the basic modifiers, you know, is there smoke and, you know, is the tank damaged or something like that and uh, roll die for that. Uh, and then on the master game card, there's a hit location depending again on the angle of it, angle of incidence and such, and the probability if you're going to hit the turret or whatnot. Really simple, very fast, very straightforward. Then you reference and say, all right, at this range I hit you. My penetration is 19. Your armor value uh, where I hit you is a 12. I penetrate. I hit. Okay, I roll one die, and then it's either no effect, knockout. Grew up for uh, uh, tread hit, or not, now, not tread hit. Uh, I forget, but anyway. In a, in a game like this, that's called Panzer, and obviously has a lot of. It seems you know it's very focused on the the vehicles. Is infantry still pretty strong, or is infantry kind of like a weak sister to the the armor? Um, it is. I wouldn't say weak sister, but I would say close. Um, but the thing that the system does really I mean, well. I mean, I guess I'm asking, do you feel like the, the designer was into the tanks and not as much into the other stuff? No, because because I think infantry in this system does what infantry does well, 
which is I get into the objective terrain and I hold it. So a city that's that's where infantry is is meant to shine. So the armor will pave the way, and then the infantry will come in and, and uh, take, secure, and hold that terrain. Same thing happened in Goodwood. It was all about the tanks at first, and there was a, a hill that we were fighting over, and we had a, if I dare say, a glorious reverse slope defense <laughs> um, that completely kicked ass. And then at the end of the game, I had the infantry rush in and just hold it and say, all right, now take that away from me. You know, you got these Tiger twos, but you still got to knock out these infantry from here, and it's going to take you too long, and guess what? Time's up. We win. Mm -hmm. So system does that very well. So even if the infantry model is not as detailed as in ASL, it still accomplishes what I think its goal is, which is, hey, infantry is, is here to take and hold ground. And it represents that well. well cool. That's cool. So, uh, people, if it's at all interesting, uh, definitely drop down a pre-order. Um, MBT is the modern version of it. Uh, we play that a lot up here in Seattle, the original Avalon, Avalon Hill version. Um, and just the, if you're familiar with the original Yaquito versions of Panzer and the original version, uh, AH version of uh, MBT, a lot of streamlining. It's an easier to play now. And uh, Jim Day, the uh, designer, is out there on Constant World actively still fielding questions and stuff, so it's uh, really well supported. It's it's worth your pre-order, definitely. Cool. All right, right. so check that MBT out. So, uh, fun one to ten. Um, I'm gonna give it a nine. It would get a ten, but it's just a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work. Um, Be prepared to put in put in some homework before you play. Uh, Definitely be prepared to face a somewhat steep learning curve. But again, once you crack it, uh, it's worth it. Now, now, Pete, what do you mean by that? I mean, explain that a little bit. Like, what kind of extra work are you expecting the players to put in? Extra work is going to be, um, it's really nice to, uh, for example, take all the units and pop them into a little spreadsheet of some kind and list them out and uh, show what, um, for example, uh, smoke capabilities are, what their... Um, like one house rule I have, for example, is that uh, if there's special ammo like APCR, um, I like to make the die roll ahead of time to determine if uh, the unit has it or not. Uh, in the game, it's just a roll to see, oh, do you have it? But I hate that. It's like one of those games where you charge your Sherman forward to take on a, uh, a tiger. It's like, all right, load up that APCR. Sorry, Sarge, it got no left. <laughs> you know I, they would have mentioned that ahead of time, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I like to determine those things ahead of time and say, all right, here are my two tanks out of my full company that are loaded with APCR. I'm going to treat them a little differently. And yeah, there would have been like a, there would have been some kind of meeting at some point where they said, hey, who's got all the APCR ammo? You two guys? Exactly. Okay. Like, do they not talk to each other? Yeah, so I, I like to roll for that stuff ahead of time, even though it's outside of the scope of the uh, current rules. So I, that's that's what I mean by homework. I like to lay that stuff out and give that to the players when, when I run, run a game like this. All right. Beers? Beers. Um, 
I would say uh, maintenance buzz. Keep it at a six. Yeah, it sounded bad. Yeah, it sounded like not too strong. Yeah, yeah. You're going to work, but uh, it's very rewarding once you, uh, once you crack it. So, Jason, did you not want to do a game review? No, I have one. You have one? Well, I've got one of. other quick one I can do if, if sure. you want me to do one real quick. Uh, Heroes of Normandy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Oh, group. yeah, you were talking it's about like this. cartoony kind of. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's it's almost like a, uh, yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's like designed after like every Hollywood movie you ever saw about World War II. And it's almost like a video game. Like some of the art is almost like you'd see in a World War II video game that mm-hmm. they produced. Yeah. The components were great. Uh, and this is a French game that, uh, again, I don't know what's up with the French games, but this is a French game that came arrive the English rules. But, uh, you know, I bought it for 60 bucks, I think, 55 bucks on Amazon. And the components are incredible. They're like the kind of components you'd get from like fantasy flight games, okay. like really thick cardboard punch out. And the art is great. It's really wonderful. I would, uh, I'm just going to do a brief thing real here, right here, because they, they, if you're really into like serious, like tactical World War II stuff, um, probably this game is not going to be for you, so you don't really want to even be interested. But there's, if you're kind of a starter and you want to get an attractive game, you're you're getting into the World War II uh, fighting and maybe historical war gaming. Uh, this might be a good game because it's fun. I mean, there is the missions are are odd. Like the first mission is trying to find a paratrooper or a spy who who dropped by parachute. The second game is trying to rescue the general's dog that ran off from headquarters. <laughs> so it says Rex. General, sit. It says Rex, General Raymond O'Barton's dog ran away. Clearly the slop in the officer's mess was not to his liking. A small, a small, it says a small force of officially appointed volunteers has been sent out to retrieve him. The problem is that the damned mutt has wandered toward the German lines. So, so that being said, uh, I, I have to say the the system is interesting in that it it's it's it is card based. So I was playing it solo, which is again is a warning sign. If you're playing a game solo, that where there is some kind of fog of war based on card play or or hidden hidden units. It's tough to make an assessment of a game. Yeah. You really don't know without that doubt. So that, that's the danger of people who do too many solo reviews. Um, and this is a heavily card-based game. The art is incredible throughout the game. I would think that maybe this is a fun game to play. I mean, for God's sakes, there's a Sherman tank that's driven by Oddball. That's how... Oh. Yeah, and the guy looks just like Sutherland. The character is like... I didn't sign up that's to fight your fucking tigers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he's got he's got a uh, his his tank has a special ability called positive waves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so if you want to have fun with gaming, I think this is a good game to get, especially since the quality of the components are so great. Yeah. So here's here's this thing. It's a peace sign on this tank that says positive waves. Your opponent rolls two dice for the damage location, and you choose. Hmm. So it, it is it is interesting. I like their approach. Did you play Memoir 44? Would you compare it to that at all? Or? I, I, I haven't played it. I actually just bought it for a friend for his kid's bar mitzvah. 
an attempt to once again corrupt another young boy into uh, becoming a war gamer. Um, I, I actually have to confess I like the game. It is a guilty pleasure. I will probably bring it to Consum World, and after many beers, I think there. Yeah, might be that looks good. very good. That looks perfect. Yeah, and pushed around. Uh, yeah, if you're into like seriously recreating some history, I don't think this is going to be the game yeah, system. Don't for bother. You. But if you want a really beautiful, beautiful, fun game that's just about having a blast and maybe recreating some kind of World War II combat, I think Heroes of Normandy is right up your alley. Cool. If you don't take yourself too seriously, yeah, you'll have a good time. Yeah, I, I got it. That was my excuse. I said I got it for my daughter. Like <laughs> <laughs> some World War II gaming. So, Very yeah, nice. it, it's got all sorts of bizarre characters in there, like heroes. And I'm trying to see if I can find it. Yeah, uh, I mean, all the characters look like they're they're right out of movie movie people. But that's cool. Yeah, it's good. Really good. So I think it's fun. If you want to have fun playing World War II, Heroes of Normandy is probably right up your alley. If you're really serious, stick-in-the-mud type of guy and you want to have not, – not that there's anything wrong with it, but if you want to have a serious recreation of some World War II campaign, not your cup of tea. So, so that's it. Beers, infinite, uh, fun. It, it's really fun. I'll be honest, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> so, but it borders on fantasy. It's like kind of like like Warhammer meets World War II. But I don't think that's a bad thing. So. Yeah. Time in a place, man. Yeah. All right. All right, boys. Is it to me? It's you. <clears throat> so let's get shitty. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> well we just lost all the mormon listeners yeah all right <laughs> so this year i'm i'm focusing on playing all of my unplayed vietnam games um and it's something that when i find one for sale i just buy it kind of sight unseen um so there's going to be some i'm sh- i'm sure pretty shitty reviews over the course of this year and this will be the first one. Uh, last month was um, Silver Bayonet, the GMT yes. game that's going to be yes. re-released. Yeah. Uh, this month will be um, Operation Apo- Apocalypse from the French Wargaming magazine. Jason, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. Can you review this really slowly? Because I don't want to miss any of this. Okay. So try, try <laughs> You're not missing slowly. anything. <laughs> try to talk slow. Should we? Should we pause? No, well, you could, or you just. What I would say well, is, it's going to be quick. Slur your speech a little bit and okay. slow down a lot. So I'll just and... talk about Vietnam gaming while you're gone. All right, good. I'll be back. Bye. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so I had, I just kind of had a whole grand idea of just playing all these these unplayed Vietnam games, and even going back to some Vietnam games I'd already played. Um, Silver Bayonet was one I had had never played um this was one i had never played i've i've been tinkering with some other ones um phantom leader i'll get to eventually this year i i keep playing it over and over again um it's not a great game but i i keep playing it this one um i i got through the the uh not generosity the war gamers paying it forward where someone puts a game up for free Someone says, yeah, I'll take it, and then they put it up. 
So that's how I got it. I don't know what I offered for it, but I was super excited. It's um, it's based on um, fuck, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's based on a movie, um. Apocalypse Now. Okay, I was going to say it's a movie <laughs> with Apocalypse in the title. <sighs> PBR Street Gang. This is almighty. Oh. Over. Radio check. Over. So so it's based on like the ending scene of of, of, of Apocalypse Now, um, which is a cool premise. And it's a solitaire-only game. Also, I, so there... Like, those two sentences, I'm on board. All right. <clears throat> this game is fucking terrible. <laughs> it's f- fucking terrible. <clears throat> Dave's not back. <laughs> Damn it, Dave. I'm back. All right. Where to, where to begin on how bad it is? So, so Dave, this game is called Operation Apocalypse. It's based on a scene from Apocalypse Now. Wow. And it's fucking terrible. So, so you're up to speed. That's pretty much all I said over the last two minutes. Who, who, make, who makes the game? I don't know. It's that French Vivictus. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's that it's the French war game magazine Vivictus. Um, Lucas talks a lot about this magazine. Um, someone put this up on, on the Pay It Forward. I was super excited. So I mm. first thing suspicious of those things. First thing it comes to me, and the magazine's in really great shape. It's in French. I already know that, but the counters are on basically thick cardstock stapled into the magazine. So I have to kind of print and play it, mount it to some cardboard, and do that whole thing, which I don't mind doing. But it was kind of a pain in the ass. I didn't expect that. <clears throat> the second thing, the rules are written in French, so I have to get a translation. And they offer, quote-unquote, English translation of their games, um, which aren't great, but they're serviceable. I kind of gussied them up a little bit and proofread them a little bit and just kind of made sure that, that they were there. Uh, so the premise of the game is your... Uh, you're basically playing as Stockton. You're 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 the colonel. You're flying your troops in and you're clearing out a village for whatever crazy ass fucking reason you want to. But that, that's inoculated what little arms. Yeah. 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 So it's it's like the ride of the Valkyries. Yeah, like yeah. That's that, that, that that's what you're doing. Movie? Yeah. Okay. I love. The, oh, okay. I oh, love the smell of napalm. Okay. It's all all the cliches cliche shit that you want it's 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 there right on the surface okay uh so you're setting it up you're building it up and you know you're putting your cowboy hat on (laughs) you know uh, smells like victory right right (laughs) charlie don't surf the whole fucking thing as you're setting it up then you actually start to play the game and you're wondering why you're even bothering um so before we get into the shittiness, uh, so the premise is cool, right? We can all agree that that playing a scene from Apocalypse Now is pretty cool. Yep, sure. Uh, that art is is pretty good. It's 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 pretty standard. Um, print plays iffy, 
Um, a lot of people, that'll be a turnoff. For me, it wasn't that bad, but, but it's still kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, from there, it just goes downhill. Uh, okay. The rules are just terrible. They they don't cover everything that even they reference. Um, like, okay, they're French rules, but even looking past that, it just... There are things that you want to do in the game that aren't really covered. There are, there are U.S. troops in the game, mm-hmm. uh, and they're very powerful. There's, there's helicopters, and they can take you wherever you want to go. The U.S. troops are very, very strong. There's a bunch of uh, civilians on the map, and there's a couple VC on the map. That's pretty much it. So there's things that happen with the civilians. Well, well, Jason, real quick, just maybe you covered this already, but you're attacking like a village? You're attacking a village. Okay. On your helicopter. It's a feel-good game, then. Right, just like in the movie. Like, a bunch of people <laughs> yeah, yeah. busy attacking some people. Yeah, so well, there's, a, really? there, there's a village, and there's helicopters. The helicopters go into the village and just wreak havoc. Okay. Um, so, I, and again, I can't think of any specific scenarios because of the, the time of day and the, the imbibing going on. But, okay, that's fine. But there's things <laughs> nope, that, nope, as nope. I'm playing it, I'm like, okay, the rules are kind of suggesting that I do this, but it doesn't cover how I should actually go about doing that. Like, there isn't a rule to actually cover what the rules are telling you you should probably be aiming toward. Um, the game itself is just unengaging. Like... Now, can you play as the U.S. or the... You're only the, playing as the U.S. Oh, so it's a solo game. It's a, yeah. Okay. You, shouldn't have, you shouldn't have left. It's a solo only game. You're playing the U.S., Okay. You're you're not supremely. But believe me when I say I should have left because you did not want me to stay any longer. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you're the U.S. You kind of come in and wreak havoc and okay and and whatever. So you're basically devastating this poor village. Right. Trying to trying to gain victory points by capturing VC, capturing even civilians for whatever reasons. Hmm. Um. Uh, capturing territory or houses or buildings or anything doesn't matter. Bunkers don't matter. It's just civilians and not taking losses. So is um, the combat like CRT type stuff? Like you're basically just... Yeah, it's a CRT. And <clears throat> so basically... The... <laughs> it's, a, it's a CRT. <laughs> you're like, yeah! <laughs> so I just want to counter for Lance on a surfboard. No, like, there's not like, really. There's like, not the, like when you have a counter, like does it have like a combat rating and like movement or something? Um, or what's yeah. on the counter? Yeah, it's 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 combat and it's movement. But Is for the like, U.S., it doesn't even matter because they can hop in a helicopter and move wherever they want to on the map. So, so just to give me a frame of reference, so like a U.S. unit, what's its combat rated? Um, four. And what's the VC? The combat? VC are two, I think. Okay, so U.S. units can have an advantage, <laughs> right? And and they can move pretty much wherever they want. Let me. So, is there any kind of random aspect inserted in the game? Like, is there like a, a chart you roll on to see what the VC do, or uh, where they p- appear? P- potentially, but but even then, it it doesn't. Would they try to run a bomb into one of your helicopters and blow it up? Yeah, and and with the civilians, you're you're trying to capture these civilians for whatever reason and get them off the board, and then you get points for them, and and. I think two of the civilians are terrorists and they, they 
right. bomb the units that are trying to capture them. Because your mission is you're trying to rescue them from their own houses. No, it's not I, safe in here. Yeah, I guess. Leave this house that yeah. you grew up in. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But but the whole thing, like, so I capture a civilian that's a terrorist, and I take a loss. And it doesn't even feel like I've taken, like, like I've been hampered in any way. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me. Like, okay, you know, because the U.S. is so strong compared to the four VC units end up, end up on the map. Like, oh. you know, you have 12 U.S. units against these four VC units and potentially two terrorists. It, it doesn't matter. Like, Oh, so it's kind of a small game. It's very small. It's an 11 by 17 map. Um, I think there are probably total 12, maybe 16 U.S. units with like 16 helicopters, you know, a couple medics and random shit thrown in. It's it's pointless. It's so a, it's, how many how many times did you play the game? Uh, once, because that was that was too much. <laughs> wow! <laughs> it it doesn't it doesn't teach you anything about a conflict because it's based on something fictional, which is fine. Right. But at least it should be engaging or challenging or interesting in any way possible. And so basically, you you played it once, business. and then you went and applied for a restraining order. It, it's like, it's fucking, <laughs> fucking terrible. Like, I gave a a terrible review to those the the um oh I can't even remember that guy's name Paul Rohrbog the way game yeah the the way game if, yeah. that 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 game is terrible like it's bad this game is worse than that. Because that Paul, game, so, there you go, Paul. So don't get so worked up over stuff like that. There's <laughs> worse games out there than yours. <laughs> exactly. Chill out. This game is fucking terrible. So it there's not there's not any redeemable qualities. It's not interesting to play. It's not hard to play. It doesn't it doesn't teach you anything about about the conflict that it's representing in a fictional way. Right. Uh, it's 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 absolutely pointless. Okay, so uh, so on on not recommending the game, not recommended. Um, fun, I would give it. I don't know, two maybe. Mm-hmm. I guess beers. Um, it doesn't matter. Don't okay. don't, don't bother. <laughs> I, I so, mean, so no amount of beer will make the game better. No, it. The rules that are th- that are there are okay, but. As a cohesive element, they they just they don't lead to anything greater than themselves. They're not greater than the sum of their own parts. It's it's fucking pointless. And now I want to ask you this, just as a side note. Uh, I'm you know, I, 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 in, by the way, you know, I love you, but yeah. uh, we're recording right now, right? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yes. Scared the just in the interests of, I want to be sure we're recorded. Okay, that's good. So, so you do not recommend that game. All right. No, cool. no. And and some sick part of me won't get rid of it. I'm sure because it's a Vietnam game, so I have to complete it. Yeah, and completion it and check it off of a fucking box somewhere. But it's terrible. All you Vietnam War gamers out there, don't bother. All right. Don't bother. So, you got, uh, do you have a game in your collection that that you feel the same way about? Like, don't even don't even bother. Don't uh, even pick it up ever again. Oh, that's interesting. 
um, there's a a war Jason gamer. Gets, Jason gets rid of games though, so I don't know. If I that's... do. I I have. I only have probably thirty war games because I just if I don't like it, I just get rid of it. Good. Call it. Unless it's a Vietnam game. Um, so there's a Wargamer magazine game called First Team Vietnam mm-hmm. um, that's also a solo game that's that seems to me equally pointless, um, but a lot of people seem to really enjoy. So I think there's something there that I'm not getting. I've, I've played it three or four times, and every time I just quit halfway through because it seems so absolutely pointless. So Jason, are you going to get uh, Green Beret from One Small Step? So I, I have it already, but it's not from one one small step. Um, okay. Brian Train did a limited print run of kind of desktop publishing games, uh-huh. um, and that was one of them. <clears throat> so I bought that from him at Console World last year. Okay. Uh, so I have it, and that that will be reviewed sometime this year. His version of it, and I think the rules are the same. If if one small step wants to send me a a version to to review i would i would love to review it but i'm not going to pay for it there you go john but uh but no trumpets no drums i am that's my anticipated game of the year for sure from them Mm -hmm. yeah also vietnam this is the year of vietnam for me dave i don't think you heard that part i was in the bathroom yeah yeah so it's it's going to be all vietnam all year for me nice yeah okay good so oh, next up oh, oh. will either be uh, Phantom Leader or Downtown, depending on how much I play Downtown. Yeah, I've got kind of a game that I've been thinking about. I don't know if it's this game exists, or I don't know if there's anybody that would be interested in playing a game like this, but I was thinking about like an insurgency type of game, like a patrolling type of game, where uh, it'd be like squad-based or team-based, and they would have dice, like maybe like a... An elite squad might have five dice down to a raw squad having one. And uh, you roll the dice, and if they're odd, they can be used for movement. And if they're even, they can be used for firing. Hmm. So you don't you don't really know what your squads are going to be able to do until you roll up what they've got. And leaders could give dice to extra dice to units. And maybe you could convert dice, like two to one. Like a unit could take two fire dice and make one of them a movement die. So you don't basically you roll up all your units like so really good units like elite guys like uh, special forces or or uh, uh, U.S. troops in Vietnam would have more dice and like an Arvin unit might have one die so he can either move or fire unless he is a leader. So hmm. kind of just thinking about because I was thinking about because I wanted to do something for the Rhodesian War. I wanted to do a, a game like. Uh, titled like uh, Don't Nye with the RLI because uh, my dad was involved with he, my dad was involved but my dad was in Rhodesia. My family lived in Africa when I was young and uh, just kind of I was interested in getting into maybe some of that stuff and developing some scenarios for some of those those like the, the insurgency fights in the Philippines in the, in Rhodesia and just kind of de- like what inspired me was kind of the Heroes of Normandy game just because I thought the pieces looked great and I was like Man, if there was just a really good game built around these great pieces, nah, maybe it'd be fun. But that's interesting. So my idea would be that you have so basically you have units that have dice associated with them based on their their skill level, but you don't know until uh, you roll it up what they they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. 
and based on their experience, they're either they're more flexible than units that yeah. aren't very good. And uh, activation would just be based on a unit that has more dice can move before a unit that doesn't have more dice. So you could move, use three dice for a move, and maybe jungle would each space of jungle would use a die. You weren't sure if you you're never quite sure how far you guys can go or. So just something like that. I was thinking about that. So if anybody out there knows about a system that already exists like that, you could save me a lot of time (laughs) and uh, just tell me so I don't have to spend it. But I just, I've got these long drives from work. So I think about it. And, and one of the, also one of the principles, it's dice based. So if you roll doubles or triples, you can re-roll those dice. So a really good unit, like, like an like a Rhodesian light infantry unit, or maybe a special forces unit in the U.S. in Vietnam would have five dice. But so they roll their dice because you. But if you wanted to shoot them, maybe you roll doubles or maybe you roll triples. You can re-roll those to try to get evens or odds to use for either movement or shooting or whatever you wanted. So that's that's the idea. So if if somebody's heard of a system like that that already exists, please send me a geek mail so I can kind of put that away and say, hey, it's already been done, not worry about it anymore. But it is kind of something that's been sitting in the back of my head for some time I'd like to try. So So let me see. What else we got here? All right, I got Uh, some for you. Okay. What do you got? I got a a sort of Jerry Springer-esque final thought. And it's inspired by what Jason was just talking about. Jason, you were saying, like, this year is is like your year of Vietnam. Mm -hmm. What what other systems and games are you really now that the year is kind of taken shape focused up on for this year? For me, yeah. Um, really, that's it. I I'm I'm open to anything as long as it's Vietnam. That's that's pretty much all I'm focusing on. Most of my reading will be focused around that. Uh, most of my game playing will be fo- focused on it for next year. I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do or if i'll i'll focus on something like that but but i like kind of having that 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 focus um Mm -hmm. and it's it's actually saving me money because i'm not buying every random thing that comes across my my vision i'm just kind of trying to stick with that all year um i yeah i don't i don't think i really have a a system in mind um i have I think five or six games already that I that I haven't played yet, um, and then I think there are two or three games coming out this year that if if they actually get printed and out this year that that I'll be able to uh, to get and, and review also, but but not really taking that from a system standpoint. Uh, yeah, Dave, how about you? Uh, I'm going to seek any shiny object that presents itself <laughs> <laughs> as normal. I don't plan on changing <laughs> my techniques. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm not into naval or air, so I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be. In, I've got a bunch of different pre-orders floating around, and it's all a mess. We'll see. What about you, Pete? What are you looking at? Well, you know, I, I thought it was going to be Magic Realm this year, but that one's going away. Mm. I really, I really thought this was going to be the year that I would uh, tackle that one. But Why it, is it going it's away? Just, it's just so opaque. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? It's on my um, list, too. 
Yeah, I, you know, and I, I have like the the multiple, or, you know, the third final edition rules, mm -hmm. and you know, I think we talked about this online a little bit, and, and you know, oh, here's the quick start guide, you know, ninety pages, everything you need Seriously, to know about yeah. Magic Realm. You know, what the fuck? Um, you know, I want it to work because it's just kind of cool and tactile, and you know, um, you get those big oversized hexes that you get to assemble and everything. It's yeah. it's it's it, it feels like everything you kind of want. But it looks like it should be amazing. Yeah, and it just... I, I'm sorry, I just i just can't clear that bar. No. Um, so I, I think that one's gonna... I think that one's gonna go away. Um, this year... Um, yeah, I said it earlier. It's, it's gonna be some naval. It's gonna be... It's gonna be some... Uh, uh, some of the Command at Sea stuff. Um... Really, next year for Game On, there's been a lot of energy about uh, doing a uh, double-blind game with Flat Top hmm. from Avalon Hill. That's so cool. uh, yeah, a few stuff. of us here have been talking about uh, playing that at least two-player game to get up to speed with that and get prepped up for that. Um, and uh, the, one of the other purchases this year was um, at Game On was... Uh, at a very low bargain price was uh, this accursed civil war. So I think Musket Pike is going to be another uh, big area focus for me. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Well, the the last thing I got is the uh, Lucas Brooks ASL minute. All right. <laughs> uh, now, Jason, are are you going to be capable of inserting the Lucas Brooks ASL minute theme music in at this point, or do we have music for it? Didn't Jesse make the the Jesse made a loop. Lucas Brooks, Lucas Brooks, Lucas Brooks. Lucas. Uh, I think I downloaded it. All right. Well, uh, I hope Pete, I. Yeah, Pete, I, I, I did Pete, it. Yeah. Pete, do you want to sing the theme music for the Lucas Brooks ASL? Let me get the. Okay. Wait, do, do you have it? Do you have it, Jason? I, I have it. I just need to note the time. Okay. Oh, oh your time code. Yeah, go ahead. Lucas Brooks, Lucas Brooks, Lucas Brooks. ASL minute. Brought to you by Lucas Brooks. ASL Minute. Brought to you by Lucas Stonewall Brooks. What a giggly little laugh. That was so so appreciative. Okay. So the ASL Minute, basically what I'm going to talk about today is the Commissar in the ASL. I've experienced this recently in our Valor of the Guards game. The Commissar is a, uh, a leader who's a little bit different from the normal Russian leaders. Uh, his morale is a little bit higher, but he really doesn't help the guys do anything like shooting or rallying because he's a uh, zero modifier. So where he does help you, basically the, uh, the Commissar is going to ignore all other leaders. So if another leader routes or something like that, the, even if he's a higher rank than the commissar, the commissar doesn't care. He increases the morale level of all other friendly infantry and cavalry that are in the same location by one. So he makes it makes them one better. A, a broken commissar is always going to try to rally and no other leader can ever help a commissar rally. One of the cool things about the commissar in the game is if he's in a hex with a bunch of broken units, Normally in ASL, if guys just got broken, they have what's called desperation morale marker, which is a plus four to their morale. So even though they might have an eight morale, you got to roll like a four or less. You got to roll basically, you're rolling a, uh, you got to add a four to any rally roll you make because they just got routed and it's fresh. And that desperation morale doesn't come off until the end of the rally phase. But the commissar, 
he, using his special verbal judo techniques, manages to convince them <laughs> not to have desperation morale at that moment. And some of these techniques are things such as pointing a loaded pistol at them, screaming at them, <laughs> whipping them <laughs> with things. So, uh, Is this when, in the rules? No, when he's, no, I'm, I'm oh, okay. I was going to say, Jesus Christ. When, so a commissar must attempt to rally broken units in his location. A unit that he's trying to rally is immune to desperation morale status while being rallied by him, which is, Pete can tell you, is a huge advantage. The fact that he can go into a group of guys that just ran away and try to rally them without having to pay the plus four rally for desperation morale. The downside of having him rally them is uh, if they fail to rally, he lo- he basically they they reduce one level in quality. So he basically shoots a guy in the squad, and as a as a motivational tool for the others. And so each time they fail to rally, he's going to reduce them in quality by one until finally, when they can't reduce anymore, then he reduces them to a half squad and does a casualty reduction on them. So. So while the commissar is very good at rallying your guys, if they fail to rally, he's also going to reduce them by slowly killing them off. The uh, final commissar rule is if you should ever go berserk, all friendly units in the same location automatically become berserk also. So, so Pete, I think we played that wrong. I think when I had the commissar, I think I had them automatically casualty reduce my guys to a half squad, but I think actually should have just knocked them down one level. In, in quality. Yeah, instead of the casualty reduced, yeah. Yeah, they only get casualty reduced at the end if uh, if they can't go down, if they're conscript or whatever, and they can't go down anymore in quality, they get casualty. Was that the sound of the rule book closing? That's it. That's, <laughs> I thought I heard a nice satisfactory. We're like, we're like, and that's the end of the podcast. That's right. <laughs> well, actually, I did my usual thing where I pulled the page out of the rules. So now I'll spend the next two games trying to figure out where this fucking page is. Like when we're looking up stuff during games, I'll be like, where the fuck are my commissar rules? I've made more of it. Yeah. By the way, if you could sum up those rules, it would be, don't be pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's it, boys. That's all I got. That's good stuff. Jason, do you have anything else you want to talk about? I have to be up in five hours for my daughter's tournament. <laughs> okay. Pete, you got anything? Uh, Five-hour energy for Jason. That's it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right, so Jason, I expect to see this podcast up in about 45 minutes. I'll, God, I'll get God working speed. on it. Godspeed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. All right, guys. Great stuff, guys. Thank you. Right, yep. bye, take it Thanks. Easy. Bye. 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 Visit us at http colon slash slash bardgamegeek.com slash guild slash one six six zero or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Am I early? Uh, no, I think I may be a little late. Okay. How's the mic sound? Sounds good. I'm wearing a special podcasting shirt with a collar that I can clip it on. Oh, very nice. <laughs> and they say we don't invest any money. Got Come all on. dressed up. All right, so you want me to bring the uh, Mr. Host in? Yeah. I sent him a thing, but I'm sure you have him already. Now, do you want to do I think a- I figured out how to become a mystery host. Okay. Well, What's that? Play, play ASL with you. No, that's not true. No. Not everybody that, that's been a mystery host has played ASL. But the rule generally is... I like to at least know what they sound like. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Okay. 
It's a it's an informal audition. I think I think if you know you never know. I mean, let's be honest. Just in case, yeah, yeah, we've we've made our share of mistakes. Just in case. So, <laughs> so. just in case. You know, I guess you don't want somebody to come on and I don't know. Yeah, so. there there are multiple things that could go wrong. Now, do you want to do you want to go back and test this and make sure it recorded? Uh, we're recording. I mean, but okay. I understand that, Jason. No, the new software, the way it works is it's it's recording you on one thing and it's recording me on another. Okay. So even if you're really quiet, I can bump you way up without affecting okay. my own. So so we're good. All right, so let me get uh get Pete. I mean, the mystery guest. This will be at the end. Yeah. This be, is the Easter egg. It'll be safe. Yeah. So if I add him, you think he'll be good? Yeah. So this one, it doesn't matter because it's recording my microphone independent of Skype. Okay. Um, so even if I mute myself, you guys won't hear me, but the, the recording will still pick it up. So when I flush the toilet and crunch my eyes, the mic will still pick it up. Good. Because yep. people don't want to lose that on all that. All right. I'm going to call him. Okay. Oh, nope, it won't let me do that. Let me see if I can add him. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, mm -mm. So it's conversation and then add people. All right. Where do I find conversation? Up at the top. Oh, you're on your iPad. I don't know how it looks on an iPad. All right, let's see. Here's our conversation. Uh, what the fuck? All right. There's the mic. There's that. There's the headphone thing. Fucking. Okay. This cannot be this difficult. All right. The Easter egg might be just as fucking long as the goddamn podcast. Let's see. All right. Send photo, video. My God sakes. Um, all right. Oh, he, yeah, he's emailing me. I'm like, fuck. Here we go. Maybe I can add him here. I don't why. I don't know why it won't just let me add him. Yeah. Do you want to just have us? Oh, shit. We're not, he's not fan to like friends with you, right? So <clears throat> I sent him a request. Does he have a picture of himself with his kid? It said, it said, munch is ready when you are, and then getting more pizza, be back in two. <laughs> so uh, he has a picture of Colonel Clink. Oh, okay. So I, I sent it. Uh, let me delete that. I, I sent an invite to the wrong guy. It's Pete underscore and then his name. Got it. Wow, if people only knew how much work went. I know, it's ridiculous. It's really impressive. I need to. You'd think I would do this beforehand. Um, no, I, I wouldn't. No, you that. wouldn't. No, yeah. one, one might though. 
Well, when you're not getting paid, your hours are kind of intangible. Yeah. You know. I just got a $20,000 raise. Oh, really? Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I just heard that we didn't win the Golden Geek Award for Best Podcast. <laughs> I was I was crestfallen to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> I do I, I do think we were perhaps the best wargaming podcast because we were the only yeah, we wargaming podcast. <clears throat> and see guns, dice, and butter up there. I didn't see any of those other ones. I know that's weird. I just don't think they got nominated. I, don't, I mean, just because I don't think anybody they just overlooked nominating somebody didn't nominate them. I don't know how many votes you had to have to be nominated. So. Apparently more than five because we got nominated. So has Pete accepted your thing? Not yet. What's what's with the heavy breathing? I'm. You're exhaling. Commiserating. Yeah. Oh. I'm saying what the fuck. Oh, we got another bad review on uh, iTunes. I thought it was highly entertaining. Oh, did we? <laughs> I'll have to look at that. The guy was basically like, "Yeah, you can only listen to so many drunken gaming reviews before it gets a little bit old." <laughs> Okay, if so many is infinite, then yes. Okay, here we go. Pete is online. <clears throat> All right. All right, let me see if I can now add him. There we go. Hey. The magic is happening. <laughs> I hope it's none of that Doug Henning magic because that shit scares me. I love it. <laughs> I love How are you, it. gentlemen? Good. How are you? Doing well. I'm just topping off the uh, one liter mug. Wow. Nice. Good. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. The, the scary thing is, is that I have an empty one liter mug next to it. <laughs> In case there are no bathroom breaks, and that could get tricky. Oh, we'll have so. bathroom breaks. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. My wife had uh, had gone off. I, I'd been playing a, a little bit of Vassal with uh, Braxton, and and Ralph Shelton was sitting in, and we were playing Ayuka Hazab because my wife is normally off at dance practice from three to five on Fridays, so uh, with the girls. So I'm playing with them. I'm like, yeah, this is a good time. This is usually when I play like with John John. Uh, decision and else. And so then she comes home and I'm like, hold on. She just came home. It's like, she came home at like four. I'm like, let me run down there and see what you need. So she's like, what are you doing? Aren't you podcasting tonight? I said, yeah. She goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm, I'm playing Vassal right now. She goes, where's, where's our daughter? I said, um, she's playing on her iPad in the loft. She's like, where's the dog? Uh, dog's in the crate. She goes, she goes, father of the year. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to go back up. I'm like, hey, guys, I got to go. Uh, <laughs> got to sign off. <laughs> so that's, that sucked. So now she might be on to me that I've been sneaking in some vassal 
Friday afternoons. Sneaking nothing. I already got the, uh, what, this is three nights in a row of gaming? I'm like, no, this, that's two nights in a row of gaming. This is podcast. This is different. I'm different. internet it's famous. Like, very different. I tried to, I tried to, that's the problem. Like, if I'm on a podcast, then she's like, oh, that, that basically counts. So, Mine's, yeah, Mike's cheering because she can go to bed now. Oh, I she, wish. She knows by the end of this, I won't be bothering her. God, I wish I could have that kind of relationship. So I know that this is chuff at the end, but I have good news for everybody. And Dave, you already know this. What? All the the uh, the ball cutting open and the, the oh, sample oh, give, yes. giving paid off. My wife is pregnant. Oh. Yeah. Mazel tov. Yeah. It's good stuff. So I is found out. Gonna, is this going to interfere with Consum World? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we don't need another one of those. Because if so, I'm against it. I think we can still, there's still things you can do. Oh, there's no, still... yeah, we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave was the first to know. I had drunkenly texted him on uh, the day I found out. After we finished recording, my wife told me, and I was like, holy shit. That's good. Yeah, I was somehow surprised after all we went through. But yeah, I'm, good stuff. I'm, wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. That is awesome. Knocked a bitch up. Hope it was worth it, all the pain and suffering you went through. Yeah, we'll see. Now it's her turn. We'll see in 12 years <laughs> how this one turns out. Okay, so uh, you guys ready to start? Uh, we actually haven't started yet, so I don't know if we wanted to start. Yeah, whenever you're ready. Okay. Anytime.